Python Radio. Uh, I have to apologize that um, we were supposed to have a guest tonight, but um, me and the, the guests were playing phone tag, and uh, for whatever reason, uh, we couldn't get it worked out. But we will get it worked out in the upcoming episodes. And we're so jam packed for the next month of shows um, that. You know, we figured we'd squeeze in another episode of just me and Owen uh, talking about what's going on and giving you some updates because we don't like to take away from the the guests when they're on with uh, our silly rattlings uh, <laughs> and what we. <laughs> I mean, who really listens to us anyway? I mean, no one has, right? yeah, clearly, <laughs> clearly, clearly, not. no one listens to us anyway. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, plus, uh, it's been, it's been so, uh, well, I'm in crunch time mode for my move, uh, for everybody that's following along. Um, yeah, it's next Friday that I make settlement. So it's just like, you know, I'm having this, (laughs) I'm having this issue with, uh, my divorce papers from, uh, before (laughs) and, and they need some kind of thing that shows that I don't have to pay alimony and child support. Clearly, I have no children, so I, you know, but this is whole big thing, and it's just a pain in the ass, and it just seems like one pain in the ass thing after another, you know? Welcome to housing. I had my grandmother give me money to go towards my closing, and it was a uh-huh. small, like, sum of, like, it was like 300 bucks. Okay. And I put, and I was, and I was an idiot, and I put it in my bank account three days before closing, and they were losing their minds, and they wanted to have a letter from my grandmother that was signed by her and a lawyer saying that I didn't have to pay the money back and blah, 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 blah. I'm like, oh, my God. So I literally wrote up a um, receipt on the rogue header and said the money, the $300 that was deposited in my account came from the sale of my pets. And I wrote down, like, one coastal carpet python and $300 and gave it to the people, and then they shut the hell up. It, it gets ridiculous yeah it's crazy um yeah i went through it before but i really wasn't involved as much you know with my ex-wife it was kind of like uh we were dating at the time that that she bought the house and then you know like uh i moved in after all that nonsense was was done and all so but uh but hopefully next uh next week uh you know, my life will be somewhat back to normal because uh, I'll, no, I'll be on vacation, no. <laughs> uh, moving the snakes. That's my main thing is, you know, moving the snakes and, uh, you know, that's, what that that's entails. That's not normal, dude. <laughs> that's, that's not normal at all. <laughs> you, 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 like, <laughs> you, what you're thinking of is that you're going to get the settlement done, you're going to get the house, and then everything will be happy. You're wrong. <laughs> I'm here as your friend to tell you you're wrong. So you're wrong. Happens, you're gonna you're gonna have a month worth of where the hell is this? Where did it go? Where did it go in the new house? What am I doing here? Where are these guys? And it's it's gonna be hell on earth. But you're on your way to getting normal. So when we get when we start gearing up to go to Tinley, that'll be right when you finally got the room where you want it to be. You and your wife have finally unpacked and dealt with every single room, and that's when you're gonna start finding problems with the house that you didn't realize before, like. That gutter is a little bit to the left. So, yeah, I mean, that's 
I'm yeah, I figure be, we be have, normal, so. <laughs> I have about six months from that point to get ready for Carpet Fest. Uh, so oh, yeah, start now. <laughs> <laughs> getting everything in check, you know, <laughs> so, uh, especially start getting ready and I, I'll give you a checklist. <laughs> yeah, we might, we might actually move it and move it up, uh, simply because now we're going to have a pool. So what the hell, man, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Why not? Uh, yeah. I don't know. We'll have to talk about that, but that's, that's way down the road. That's way, way down that's, the road. That's future Owen and Eric's problem. I mean, let's deal with these guys right now. So Yeah, but you know. uh, no, I'm pretty pumped up about the shows we got coming up. I'm, I'm excited about it. We got uh, some, uh, some, some blood talk, uh, some, some retick mm-hmm. shows. Next week we have Dan from DM Exotics. We're going to be talking scrub pythons. And uh, nice. you know, I'm, sh- I'm sure we'll sh- throw in some of the white lips. Uh, Python. I mean, sure, of course we will. I, if, unless, <laughs> if some, the only way we wouldn't talk whitelist is if between this show and next show somehow I'm struck by lightning. Even then, it's amazing. <laughs> so. Oh, and then um, yeah, I, I'm 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 very uh, excited to hear about uh, just his trips to uh, to the Indonesian farms and stuff, and yeah. you know what it's like, and uh, you know, so that'll be pretty awesome for sure. <clears throat> he works with uh, some some really unique animals, um, to say the least. Um, but uh, but yeah, so that should be cool. Um, which will take us right up to the uh, to the five year anniversary show, um, which uh, me and Rob Stone have been uh, working on some surprises I, I do, for that. <laughs> I I am. I am terrified because I believe <laughs> we have somehow unleashed this caged monster on ourselves. Because for those of you, for those of you who clearly have not been listening to the show at all and keep your fingers in your ears and just totally skip by Tuesday, Rob Stone has been on the show numerous amounts of times. He is our go-to plug-in when we need to host either Owen's dying or Eric's dying or one of us is on a random ass vacation, which never happens. So right. <laughs> um, he's the, he's the go-to guy. And one of the reasons he's the go-to guy is because Rob has listened to every single episode. And I don't even, and I can't even say he's listened to it once. He's got to have listened to them multiple times because he will bring up something I have said. We're now on, five years worth of show. I don't remember all the crap that's come out of my mouth, but Rob does. So <laughs> yeah, it does. It's yeah. terrifying that now Rob is going to be running the five-year anniversary show, and it's apparently he's asking us questions and all this other stuff. It's going to be interesting. It should be It should be very cool for sure, you know. Uh I guess five years is kind of a milestone, uh, you know. I mean, uh, it's, uh, I can't believe it's been five years that we've been uh, we've been at this, um, you know. Um, but you know, tons more stuff to get to for sure. But uh, mm-hmm. it's it's been pretty awesome, you know. Um, I can't imagine doing anything else on a Tuesday night. <laughs> that is the weird part. It's like you know, <laughs> or or. or <laughs> trying to get together my friends and I for the fantasy football draft. And they're like, Tuesday, I'm like, can't do Tuesday. And and now it's gotten to the point now where they're like, they don't even ask. Tuesday is just a day that doesn't exist for me. And it's kind of funny. It's kind of weird. Um, uh, but, yeah, it's like when you're <laughs> – we you're telling your wife, 
um, before the show started. You're like, this is the last time you need to, like, go hide in the house during the show. And she's like, this is the last show? And I'm like, no, we're doing this till one of us is dead. So. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. <laughs> um, even, even then, we'll try to, you know, even then when I do die, you'll just replace me with Rob. So it's good. So. I, I, so, you know, it was awesome. So I watched this um, uh, YouTube video. Uh, I, I watch YouTube rep, uh, uh, as probably many people do as well. But uh, not only am I a podcast reptile geek, I'm also a YouTube reptile geek. And, you know, I try to watch different, um, uh, you know, different uh, little clips and stuff and people's uh, YouTube pages and stuff. And um, there's one in particular – um, I, I stumbled upon it when I was looking for, when I was in mm-hmm. trying to research boa constrictors. So Vin Russo was on this, uh, muscle serpents university, um, show and, yeah. um, it's pretty cool. Uh, he, he, you know, he goes around to different places and stuff and shows and, and, and whatnot. And, you know, interviews different people and that kind of deal. And every once in a while shows, uh, the same, uh, his collection and stuff. But, um, mm-hmm. anyway, <clears throat> um, I got a message from him, uh, Dave Palumbo, who's, I get, well, so I guess his like his main day job is that he's like a, uh, um, a professional bodybuilder and coach, you know? Um, yeah. and, uh, I guess that's where the muscle serpents university comes from. But, uh, anyway, Everything's <laughs> coming together. We're putting yeah. all the pieces together. Man, you're right. good. All right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm not the host for nothing, man. You know, come on. Um, <laughs> I'm in awe right now clear, of your clear, genius. Continue. Clear, clearly, I've done my research on this on this topic. Cool. So, uh, <laughs> um, the, uh, so he sends us a message, and uh, he was saying about uh, how he, so, you know, I don't, I, actually, I don't know how he stumbled upon the podcast, but uh, he's been listening to it, and uh he was a fan of uh, me and you have a certain chemistry. Um, oh, God. <laughs> and I, I don't know if we would be able to recreate that chemistry with anybody else, Owen. So <laughs> if one of us die, that's the end. Show's over. Done. Yeah. Show's over. It's done. It's done. Forget it. If, if that happens, that's when I'll start a Royal Python podcast. Oh, God. <laughs> Thank God I'll be dead. Uh, <laughs> just and and on Sunday nights I'll do a Bigfoot show on the same. <laughs> now I'm done. Now I'm leaving. Now I'm hanging up. But the same same channel. We already discussed it and it's already started. KJ threw something up on my Facebook about some cartoon about Bigfoot, and I said, I "Swear to God, if there is physical scientific evidence, I will eat my NPR shirt." And I typed that and enter. And then I'm like, you idiot! You just threw that down there, and there will be if there is a moment in time where you have to eat your NPR shirt, you're gonna feel like an asshole. <laughs> Can I have so, salt with that? No. Yeah, I, I, I will cut it up. I mean, come on, yeah. guys, let's not be crazy. But yeah. I'm sitting there and I'm like, there are three people because I'm imagining I'm like, there's the three people that are sitting front row and center. It'd be Tom, you, and now KJ. You'd just be right there staring <laughs> at me as I eat my own shirt. So, uh, um, I, just, I can't. And now we've now we found out Owen's weakness is the hatred for that crap. So, so 
apparently I'm working on trying to get a microphone, right? There's this yeah. microphone, and because uh, I'm a podcast geek, so I listen to different podcasts. And Joe Rogan did a podcast in his car when he was driving through. Um, he was going hunting or something on a five-hour mm-hmm. drive or something like that. So I thought, man, wouldn't that be awesome to record? No, no. The trip no, to Italy. No, 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 no. <laughs> no, 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 Yes, no, it no, would. No, no, no. no. It's so many reasons. <laughs> so many reasons. Uh, so many reasons I can't even get into how many yeah. reasons is a bad idea. So, oh, my God. So, yeah, and it does a pretty decent job, um, and you just plug it right into your iPhone, and then you just hit record, and there it is, man. It's a clip, ready to go. Uh, so, that might be happening, man. Look, it's Bigfoot. Ah! <laughs> uh, <laughs> oh, it's no, 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 no. The people, no, no. People can only stand Owen freaking out and getting loud maybe five minutes during an episode. You want to have two hours of that? We lose so many viewers or listeners, whatever these people are. So, it's, uh, but and also, dude, when you're driving to Tinley, of course everybody gets in the car and everybody's all nice and cool and happy. And then as you're driving, it, of course the first thing that comes up with is snakes. That's why it's like the first three hours is snake stuff. We're talking about this, we're talking about that, basically doing what we're doing right now. And right. Then we're talking about other things, reading projects, and then it starts getting downhill. That Bigfoot conversation that we had that got me really pissed off, I'm pretty sure that was at, like, 2 in the morning. I don't remember. I was, it was far into the trip. It wasn't yeah. like Owen got in the car, let's talk about Bigfoot. No, it, was, it was out there. And I think we were all pumped up on caffeine and tired. And it, it's just one of those weird-ass conversations. So Yeah. I don't uh, even – yeah, I don't even they, know how it went, but I, I was kind of – holding it waiting patiently you know uh just waiting and waiting and eventually there was a break in the <laughs> conversation and it just segued right into it and then all hell broke loose <laughs> the car was the car was shaking as you drove down the road <laughs> zach is zach is helping you you're like I, yeah. every time i think i got you zach's like what about this and i'm like fuck you <laughs> <laughs> something i 
can't remember what it was. Something about siblings or something. You know, the whole Jag Sib thing or whatever and like Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. The yeah. words and stuff like that. Yeah, usually me wording. and Zach were on yeah. the same page and he said he said something like, you know, we're going back and forth and you know, it got it got a little heated, you know, and uh Well, yeah, well the problem is that when you argue your Philly comes out. When Zach yeah. argues his Philly comes out. So all of a sudden, you know, I'm watching two dudes bickering on the street at 30 Street Station about, <laughs> you know, random ass shit. I mean, the Philly accents are coming out. It was just getting ridiculous. It was, yeah. oh, yeah. It was, getting, said, it was like watching your parents fight in public. It was like, oh, God. So, the one thing oh, yeah. he said that stopped me in my tracks was, he says, he says, come on, man. What do you call if you bred a jungle to a zebra? And I said, and you get a normal looking what? What do you call that? You don't call it a zebra sib. And I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> Good point. <laughs> Motherfucker. Son of a bitch. <laughs> Damn it. You call it a jungle. So why do you call a coastal sib? Why don't you just call it a coastal? And I'm like, well played, sir. Well played. Well, it's done. I mean, at that point, it's, it's, it's good to stop now. So, it, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, clearly. And he made a very good point. And to be honest, I have stopped calling Jaguar siblings Jag sibs for a while now. It's called Coastals. Mm-hmm. Partially, because of lazy, partially because of laziness. The other part is, you know, other things. Oh, that's what we can talk about today. Um, uh, that, remember that thing I messaged you earlier? Was it earlier today about that customer asked me online? Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so now we've gone back in time. I, uh, I don't understand yeah. how we did this, but um, you want you want me to just go into it now, or you want to hold off for a little bit? No, no, go into it. All right. I, I put a bunch of animals up for sale um, on cakes and various other places. Some of them are caramel jags, and I've gotten some weird emails about these caramel jags. Most of them being, are there any available? And when I reply, yes. Are you looking for males or females? I never hear from the person again. And so I got another email about it today. I said, are there any available? And I said, yes. And they're like, do they have any Nero? And I'm on one cup of coffee at this point, so I just decided to have fun and just let it all out there and screw it. So I'm like, yes, I have some available. What are you looking for, males or females? By the way, all Jags have Nero. There are no Jags on the face of this planet that do not have Nero. There are some that, some that express it more than others, but every jag has the possibility of Nero. You may wait even until a baby jag that has shown no signs of Nero will Nero when they're an adult. This is a conversation, and this is a reply that I have practiced for years. This was like shit that was asked the first time I ever bred jags. It was like this is – I've had to regurgitate this a million times. That's why if you go back to the past episodes when all the jags There's, stuff wait, happening hold on. in Australia – there's past episodes? Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> Shut up. There's a whole backlog, and you damn know it. You and Rob do. And I, I didn't realize. Other people don't. <laughs> anyway, when, when, when Australians started doing the JAG stuff, they started asking all the questions that we had already answered in the United States. And that's why it's like we had four episodes of if you breed a check to a JAG, they're all going to die, or 25% of them are going to die. It's like we had right. that for three episodes straight. So this guy asked that question. I throw out every Jag has Nero. If anybody else tells you that they had Jags, no Nero, no Liege or whatever, it, it's a lie. And 
I, I, I laid out this whole big thing, sent it out there, and, like, hours go by. And I'm like, well, lost that sale. There we go. Nothing happened there. And all I get is a reply, an email, thanks. And I'm like, okay, lost that sale. It's gone now. But right. now you'll go buy a jag <laughs> from somebody who says, there are no Nero in this lineage. <laughs> <laughs> right. The, you know, it's – man, that's a, that's a tough thing about when new people are coming in. I mean, you know, it's uh, – you want to take the time to explain it to them, but at the same time, it's like, I don't know. You would think that. Uh, at the same I want time, to know who's telling them that. Really care? Yeah. Well, at this point, and that's and that's where like I was hinging on it is new person comes in and wants to buy a caramel jag from me, and I would feel remiss if I didn't try to correct some of the things that could be leading him down a bad path. Right. Like, your caramel jacks have no Nero. All all jacks have Nero. That's it. I mean, it's not it's not a thing that's not uncommon. I mean, I love how everyone accepts that all spider ball pythons are a little wonky, and yeah. they just sit, all spider ball pythons are wonky. And that same thing in a carpet python, but only a few of them are wonky. It doesn't affect all of them. It affects everybody in ball python, but only half in carbon. That doesn't make any goddamn sense. So, yeah. And, and, and it's a brand new concept when I tell them that all jags have Nero. Really? Well, yeah, all spiders have Nero. It's like, and that's what I'm going to start trying to make the connection here. It's like, and I would feel bad if I just told the dude, nope, no Nero. I haven't seen any Nero in this one. It'll never Nero for you. Yeah. And then I'm lying to the guy. So that dude probably <clears> called somebody else up and paid. 200 bucks for for a jag who was guaranteed to never Nero and when it's three years old and he tries to breed it for the first time and it goes up see derby I mean duh yeah yeah I mean clearly there you know I mean we've said it a thousand times on the show but clearly there are some that show no signs of it Um, you know then there's others that show mild signs of it then there's others that show you know they're heavily uh, you know, totally wonked out. And, yeah. um, you know, sometimes those ones that don't show any signs, uh, you know, they can go on forever. And then all of a sudden they get stressed out for whatever reason. And then, you know, then that all changes and then they have it sometimes. I mean, I have ones that <clears throat> they're kind of like slightly off, you know, it's mm-hmm. like uh, you can mm-hmm. tell that they're not, not right but at the same time it's not like it's uh you know total total spaz out type of deal you know it's not like it's laying upside down or anything like that type you know but i don't know right uh you know when it comes been over this i mean when it comes to the jag thing do you do you ever see yourself moving away from working with the jag nah i mean it's so integrated with shit my i mean i i it's so much a part of my project. It's ridiculous. Do right. I see myself, have I, do I see myself not producing Jag clutches? Yeah. I mean, to be honest, a lot of times when I produce a straight up Jag clutch, it's because uh, I had to put in a backup mail. The mail I originally intended either wasn't doing it or wasn't doing something else. So I put in one of my backup boys and my backup boys are all Tiger Jag, Jags, just, you know, pretty things. 
Um, and, and that's pretty much where the line would go. I mean, I've produced two clutches of Jags this year. Uh, one because the because uh, I wanted to produce uh, red tiger Jags from Echo. That was the one clutch. The other clutch is because I couldn't get the male to breed with the Hikon. So that was it. Either I have a plan to further a line I've been working on, or it's, you know, it's time for the backup hitter, and all my backup hitters are proven jags. So, right. But I, will I stop working with them? Nah, I mean, it'll start getting to the point where my the, the whole back animals that I've been breeding and producing are still churning them out. I mean, a jag's a good uh, beginner carpet at this point, which I've never thought we'd get to this point. But mm-hmm. the price is down so low, and there's such a cool color and pattern that they are kind of getting some appeal as a first snake, but or first carpet. Um, but I, I would probably stop with the whole like male jag to multiple females, or breed this to get that. It, it's just it's going to kind of peter off, and that's only really because um, I mainly have coastal jags. You know, if I had a really good bright yellow jungle jag project that shit would never stop yeah i think i think for me like the coastal well and i don't know man you know like i look at my coastal projects and like you know it's looking at the 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 jag obviously um the red jag red tigers is a project that i'll do but i think for me i think you know as i'm looking at I guess like moving and getting everything together, you're like really going through your collection with a fine tooth comb type of deal and uh, what's mm-hmm. going where and all that. And <clears throat> for me, I, I think my main focus is going to be working with the tiger gene. Um, you know, I think there's a lot of, a lot of work still to be done with the tiger. Um, and I, I know it sounds crazy as far as, you know, um, the striping, but to get solid stripes, you know, all the time. I mean, I think right. of like, I think of two people come to mind when I think of that gene in particular, uh, obviously Jason Balin and then, you know, Carrie King. And I think of like, you know, they really did some selective breeding with their tiger projects. And, and <clears throat> I think that um, if you have a nicer tiger, I think that would lead to a nicer tiger jag um, yeah, in the long run. Agree. You know, and the cool thing yeah. about the tiger and when crossing it with the jag, um, providing that it's, you know, still just a coastal tiger, which most of what I, I think pretty much everything I have is coastal tiger, except obviously the head albino stuff and stuff like that. But um, it's still all coastal, you know, yeah. so it's kind of like you're winning on all fronts type of deal. I think if I was to That's work with a specific... Like yeah, if I was to work with a specific uh, JAG project, like I think that I would probably go like Diamond Jungle JAG because they're they're hard to beat, man. I think when that, yeah. <clears throat> like when you when if you're gonna breed, and I could be totally wrong on this, but this is my feeling, and I and I learned this from watching, um, you know, Royal Python. Uh, pairings and stuff but it seems that when they breed uh when you get an exanic super pastel that thing is just mm-hmm. insane you know so 
my thinking would be that if you had like a gamma line diamond jungle jag that you know that's just that killer deep yellow that's just insane yellow and you made it an exanic i think that that would just be killer you know it'd be super clean and um yeah killer you know but and, and to be honest with the tiger i want to see more morphs get into tiger i mean we have albino but i want to see really nice broad striped Exanic tigers. Um, yeah. Tigers. You know, oh, I want to start man. getting into that yeah. shit. I want to see a really, I want to see a really, really, really nice, bright, super caramel tiger. I think that would be killer. I mean, oh, and God. I thought I was doing okay with my, with my red tiger pairings. Like, you know, I know Balin was like, his red tigers were just gorgeous. Seeing what Mike Curtin's doing with the freaking Russian tigers, I have that pair right now. I'm like, mm-hmm. balls, I have, like, there's no, I, oh, my God, the, the potential you have for certain morphs, in my opinion, has only really ever been just, just slightly tapped into because people create it and then people bail. They move on to the next thing or they breed it with this and they kind of get the cool, the few good ones and they're like, all right, it's good enough and they're out. I mean, well, I would love to see further in-depth stuff, but the problem is that, especially with Tiger, it, it's not an instant win. No, it's going to take some time. So. Yes, I think the other thing is is that, as opposed to most of the other carpet python projects coming from Europe, and then, you know, we're getting in in the states where they've already bred it to you know x amount of crosses and combos and stuff like that. Um, with the tiger gene, uh, they, I mean, this was back maybe a few years ago that Paul they just got uh, actually yeah. started working with the actual tiger. I mean, I'm sure they had striped coastals, but not the actual quote unquote tiger yeah, he, uh, morph. He, he bought a bunch from, he brought a, he bought a few from Balin and Nick right. had to export them to Paul. Uh-huh. So, right. and, and it, and it's absolutely hilarious because people are, uh, I've heard from a few people who are like, yeah, I'm going to get a caramel tiger from Paul Harris. I'm like, God damn it. It was, the tigers are here and the caramels are here. You can do it yourself. <laughs> like, <laughs> <laughs> why? Why go as far? I mean, this, at this point, we're buying animals that could have, like, they, they, the animal was born in Maryland. The, the animal's ancestors were born in Maryland, were sent to Paul, and then now we're taking the offspring and having them brought back. It, it doesn't make any sense to me, but... I already have caramels and tigers, so and a caramel yeah. tiger. But uh, it, it, it just I want to see more. I mean, I'm trying to get. Uh, I have I, I, my one of my first breedings I ever did was in the caramel project was my caramel female to a Ted Thompson line tiger, who right. Ted Thompson's tigers are valent. Um, and I got that one caramel tiger who was born bright red and unfortunately had the best stripe out of everybody. Everybody else kind of just sucked. Um, and then has kind of turned a not-so-fabulous caramel color as it got older. So I'm holding out hope beyond hope that I can get something out of her. This will be her first year she's actually old enough to go. I'm sorry, last year was. This will be her second year where she can give it a shot. And that is what I'm actually – She she's one of the females that the – uh, caramel jack I'm getting from you is going to go to. So okay. hopefully I'll have super caramel 
Tiger Jags the long way around the barn. So as opposed to just taking a, you know, Tiger Jag and breeding it to a caramel, I kind of went the opposite way and made the damn caramel tigers and then took the caramel Jag to it. So right. uh, who knows? Yeah. Cool. Maybe I'll get some good stuff. Yeah. <clears throat> so I guess with that being said, um, I mean, we're, it's, it's, it's almost September. Uh, we're yeah. about a month, month away from, uh, you know, starting Star to time. rev up the breeding season. Uh, what's in the works? I mean, what do you got? What's, what are you looking forward to? What do you hope your most, uh, excited pairing? All right. So I am, obviously we got the craziness with the whole, um, you, I think I'm doing, I think I, I typed it out and it's almost close to, I think it's 20 something pairs of snakes again to try, uh, jungles, spread lie, coastals, IJs, um, and then the off the Morelia stuff with, uh, yeah, the Dominican red mountain boa, gold face white lip, olive pythons, and then the other one I'm really excited about is uh, this week or next week I'm actually going to be sending my Macaulay's python glitch to um, KJ in Florida on breeding. Ah, okay. And, and so he's he's leaving, and it's like, and I'm like, I'm like, oh, glitchy. I'm like, you know, don't just go make babies and come home, please. It's like that. <laughs> So that's one of those things. But as far as what I'm anticipated for, I have an exanic male that is ready to roll. I mean, he's mm-hmm. pounding down medium to large rat, so he's ready to roll. And okay. he's going to my super caramel female, Dakota, and to my tiger female, Pixie. So hopefully I'll produce some caramel head exanic and some tigers head exanic. And that's what I'm excited for when it comes to coastal, because that'll be fun. Um, yeah. And then uh, I have the jungle pairings. I have my normal jungle. And then I have those uh, Vandevetter line jungles that I got from Zach that I'm going to breed. Um, so those will be cool. Uh, mm-hmm. I said I got the caramel. Caramel Tigers going to the Caramel Jag. Uh, all the bread lie are going to do what the bread lie do, or if they better do. Um, and then I got the weird shit that's, like, some of it's breeding now. Like, my Wilma's were locked up again yesterday. What the hell this means, I have no goddamn idea. But um, <laughs> it's, it'd be cool to have Wilma babies, you know. Um, the White Lips were reintroduced to each other, and they didn't kill each other. That's a step in the correct direction. Um, the olives are getting a little bit bigger. We're going to try again with them. Uh, I'm going to do the Dominican red mountain boa because I'm a glutton for punishment. Um, <laughs> and then I have a bunch of animals on loan. I mean, I, I, we have the blood python over at Matt's place. We have the IJ female over at, uh, Balin's. Um, and then, like I said, glitch is going to down to KJ. So it's like, there's a, there's going to be a lot of stuff that I'm excited about that, some of it isn't even going to be happening here. Um, huh. And, of course, I got the, the all the Collierbird stuff, the Corns, the Kings. Um, and apparently Nile monitors are courting in my living room. It's breeding central over here, apparently. So <laughs> um, it's that's kind of what I'm excited for. With the more stuff, I want to start playing with the Xanic and Carmel Xanic stuff. 
mm-hmm. when it comes to the non-morph stuff, if I can get a clutch of white lip, like if I can get a clutch gold face white lip, I would be ecstatic. Yeah. I want bread lie again. I, I miss not have, like, I'm gearing up for the show and I'm like, God, it would be great to have some bread lie. It would be great to have some bread lie, but they didn't go this year. So I, I'm, and, and I'm seeing all the pictures of babies that I had sold and they're starting uh-huh. to look gorgeous. And I'm like, God damn it, let me just make more. Uh-huh. Like, they look so pretty. So it, it, it would be awesome to get some more bread lie. So yeah. and then, what do you think? What are you What are you going to do different with breeding them? Anything, or you just think that they just needed a, a uh, year off? Well, I mean, the winter last year was so effing crazy with temperatures. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I'm kind of hoping sure. that I'm kind of hoping that what happened there was um, they needed a little. Uh, they needed some more consistent temperatures to what they needed to breed. And then also, I've also noticed that a lot of the people who got bread lie this year got them later, like eggs are hatching now. And right. I'm not sure if I gave up on them too early or warmed them up too early. So, uh, yeah, what I'll probably end up doing is around Thanksgiving, I'll move them over into the hibernation room, the one next door that's not really fully insulated. Um they all had heat panels on them and the heat panels click on. I usually was, I was turning the panels uh, up and down at night. Like I was letting the panels drop down to about 60 at night. And then I was turning them up to about 82, 83 uh, right. during the daytime. So I might let them go a little bit lower. I'm not uh-huh. exactly sure. Um, and then again, I might just try to keep them down longer. So not bring them up because we didn't get we got more snow in like February than we did in like December. In the beginning, oh, yeah. We got any yeah. Snow. yeah. No. So, and I, I don't think I brought them up. I think I think I ended up bringing them up in early February. So they were in the room warming up when we started getting all those big snowstorms and stuff. So it's one of those leave them in the room until late February, maybe then warm them right. up. Right. <clears throat> yeah, I mean, well, for me, um, I think for me, probably what I'm going to do this year in particular is uh, I'm not going to push breeding. Obviously, I guess if I see some, you know, a pair that, you know, think, uh, you know, that, that, that they're showing signs or a female showing signs, blah, 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 then... Mm-hmm. Uh, I'll go with it, but I'd rather have a, a, a strong 2018 season than uh, a weak 2017, maybe possibly lose animals and, you know, set projects back. You know what I mean? So yeah. uh, my my main focus is just getting the animals in my new reptile room, getting them conditioned and, adjusted and it's not like I'm going far so I don't think it'll be that difficult but uh, I'm just worried about you know getting the temperatures right in the room and 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 you know make it because obviously I'm not going to know you know and I think you went through this as well you could probably speak on this but you know you move well no you moved in in the winter time but 
I mean, it, you've right? been through it. <laughs> but, but what yeah. I'm saying with that is, is that like I'm moving in and and it's still, you know, so you don't really know where the drafts and stuff are, or if it, yeah. you know, how how the room acclimates to the cold, how cold does it get when it gets cold outside, you know, those kind of things. Um, so, and basically, my room, what will be my room, is is really a. Um, is like a, a refurb garage. Um, so I'm sure I'm going to have to play with that a little bit and try to yeah. really dial it in, you know? So, yeah. And, and, and you're right. I mean, I moved and I ended up getting two females to breed, but of course they were my two big females that always bred. Um, right. And then actually I ended up slugging out of Maclots that year because we moved. She she slugged out about a month after we were in. So yeah, and it was my own stupid fault for not realizing that she might have been gravid. So it's one of those things where if you can move them and then give them the year to figure it out, that's totally cool. Um, but obviously, if you move and then males are cruising and females are getting plump and maybe chuck them together and see what's going on, cool. But I, I kind of like the whole relaxed don't really give a shit if they breed, they breed. If they don't, they don't kind of deal because I think it'll be a lot better for your guys in the long run when everybody kind of sells. So, yeah, I mean, like I said, I, I, in 2018, I, you know, I, I'd like to come and knock it out of the park. Um, you know, that kind of deal rather than, you know, be trying to still try to figure it out. So, um, yeah, because then rather than wrecking two seasons, you're purposely quitting on one and then getting everything ready for the next one. So, yeah, I mean, that's what I ended up doing is I I didn't even try the season I moved. I just got the ones that I had already been trying or already started, which was a crapshoot. And then I had to try the next year, and I was still trying to figure it out. I'm still not 100% on uh, how we're going to do this because I'm still making tweaks to the room. So. It'd be good yeah. if you just kind of sat. And I'm going to have two rooms. So the advantage mm-hmm. with the two rooms will be uh, the other one can be colder. You know? Yeah. So, um, you know, I, I think I might. I, I you know I'm going back and forth, and I may switch this as I get there. But um, I think I may make the one that was the garage like the cold room for like the diamonds, the inlands, the breadles, um, stuff mm-hmm. like that. And then make yeah, the other room. Yeah. And then make the other room more geared towards, you know, you know, the, the warmer, uh, the more, the more warmer, uh, climate, uh, species. So, that makes <clears throat> yeah. So we'll I mean, see. That's, that's what I do with my guys. I mean, you, you, you know, that little side room, that's, there are, three cages in there and that's where the bread will go. And then when the diamonds are old enough, I'll add more cages in there. So, yeah. So. Yeah. And you know, it's like one of those years where um, I have a lot of animals that are like on the fence, you know, like mm-hmm. uh, we'll be coming up and ready to go. And it's, you know, a lot of those animals are, you know, like prized possessions to me and I wouldn't want uh, to, see something like what happened with poison ivy happen with them. Um, yeah, because it, it was screwed up. So, but, 
But yeah, I mean, it's not like I, like I said, I don't do this for a living, and I still got plenty of babies. It's not like I won't have babies. And even if you, uh, the person <laughs> doesn't sell anything, <laughs> yeah. And it's not like um, you know, uh, it, it's not like uh, if I were to go to Tinley, it's not like we I wouldn't be going there for Morelia Python Radio anyway. You know what I'm saying? And you'll be mm-hmm. at a table, yeah. so it's. We'll you have know. enough stuff to fill a table. We we, we yeah. promise. And Absolutely. it's not like we're not gonna it's not like we can't do the show the, this show if we don't breed for the year. It's you're still stuck with us. So yeah. um And you know you know, yeah. the other cool thing that I thought about um was the fact that if I if if for whatever reason I don't have animals going to Tinley Park and I just am at the table, I could go around and talk to people. Uh or you could you know, sell and, my shit. And record I mean, them. <laughs> yeah. Oh, sell your or stuff? You could yeah, sell I, I could do that. Yeah. Come on. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> so, I'm right. good you at selling. You walk around, you can record things. You're good at selling my shit, just like how I'm yeah. good at selling your shit. Can't exactly. sell our own crap, but, you know. <laughs> <laughs> that, like, yeah, it's a show where you send stuff to Hamburg. I, like, sell three of your animals, and I'm, like, sitting there going, the hell? So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I don't know. I mean, as far as what I'm hoping to see uh, hatch out yeah. this year, yeah, I think uh, I think some more tiger stuff would be cool. You know, I hope that uh, maybe we do see some exanic tigers or some ghost tigers or some super caramel tigers. I think I think uh, you know that'll be uh, pretty uh, pretty easy on the eyes for sure. Um, uh, you know, having that color with that striping, you know, I mean, I'm a killer. I'm yeah. a sucker for stripes. So yeah. I hope somebody hits I, that I, stuff. I can't wait to get to the ghosts. I cannot wait to get the ghost tigers. Cause I think the re- reduction of the color is just going to look killer. So, yeah, you know, yeah. I have, okay. So I have, I mean, as far as, as far as pairings go, again, being going through, I forgot that I have, I didn't forget, but it's not something that I guess that I, you know, because it's not an animal that's in the breeding group yet, but I have this citrus tiger that is like almost perfectly striped and it kind of looks a lot like the mom of the uh, citrus tiger had albinos, like that really killer color. Um, Mm -hmm. and that one, which I believe is a male is going to be in the mix, uh, coming up real soon. So what I'm hoping is, is that whereas like, if people know my snakes, there's a snake I have, it's a citrus tiger that's satch, which actually has more black, Uh, has wider black, whereas (laughs) this one has wider yellow. Yeah. And it will probably take his place, and he'll be retired. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, I'm hoping to breed him back into the albino stuff and, uh, you know, go from there um, with that. Oh, and I think that'll just that, make, the, nice. make the the color even killer, um, even better. So, I don't know. That's 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 kind of the plan. Um, mm. And then in 2018, I might be uh, ready with diamond pythons, um, oh inland God. pythons Finally. for sure. 
<laughs> okay. You know? All right, I check those off. I just, dude, 18 is when I show up to your house with a bin, and we stuff <laughs> them animals in, and then I'll just start sending you checks. I mean, yeah. that's totally fine with me. Or um, I'll just trade you for white lips. and. <laughs> i got to breed it first. Give me, yeah. a, give me a minute. So, um, Backlot, but, taboos. <laughs> oh, God, I hope so. So um, what, what, what's probably – you imagine if this happens to you. You move everybody, and you don't breed anybody, but this is the year the exanic female, like, lays a clutch eggs. And you're like, why? <laughs> why? <laughs> Son of a bitch. <laughs> you, you bitch. <laughs> like, you know, yeah. that, would, that would be, this would be the year that she would like be like, here's the eggs. And he's like, hey, exit. So yeah. Um, but you got a yeah. lot of stuff that would be, you know, in 18, I mean, your, your brittle projects, your, your, your diamonds, you know, I need a diamond and I've been waiting for you to produce them. Um, because I imagine, I, I see everybody else producing things. And I'm like, uh-huh. I forget that. I'm like, I'm like, Eric's going to produce it in a year, and no one can beat the co-host discount. So it's like, that's right. There's all that going. But, I, I mean, realistically, you could churn out almost every single, like, type of Morelli, of carpet python, or Morelli, give or take a few, uh, out of your collection which has got to be a long, long time in the making. I mean, getting all these projects rolling, getting to that point where you could have, like what Nick has, we have IJ clutches, jungle clutches, breadlight clutches, inland clutches, coastal clutches, Darwin clutches, and, and then you start, like, you could literally go through the book and just start checking them off. I mean, yes. that's got to be exciting. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty cool. I mean, you know, uh, it's... It, it's yeah, you're right. It's been a long time coming. Um, it's been a goal of mine for for, geez, close to seven years now. Um, but uh, you know, I, I, it's I think that's the one thing that I would say to anybody that's getting into this hobby um, is you know really focus on what you want to do and just try to take take it slower. I think the one mistake mm. that I made is that I tried to get everything at once, which, yeah, which in a way was good because I have it. But the problem is, is that I haven't bred it. You know what I'm saying? So I think what yeah. happened with me is that I had too many things going on and it kind of, uh, put things out of focus. Um, and meanwhile, people that had stuff like zoomed in on a specific thing, you know, they're producing those and they're producing them and they're like, their projects are moving forward. Um, so, I mean, that's the one thing that I think that for me, it was like, you know, uh, and I think we're, we're probably all guilty of it. As soon as you have some disposable income, you know, you're cruising the classified ads, looking around. Of course, having disposable income and the animal that you want being on the classified ads never are in sync. <laughs> hey, no, you never forget. Oh, dude, like I'm on I'm online yesterday. There's Timor pythons, the Boo pythons, Maclops pythons, Whitelip pythons, rough scale pythons, and I'm like I, I almost threw my computer away. Like I almost yeah. picked it up 
walked outside and put it in the trash can. That's how furious I was. Yeah. But you're correct. Uh, yeah, so it's like, you know, I was in a – I don't want to say I was in a rush, but I was just so excited about wanting to have this and that and have the whole set, you know, as I say, you know, that kind of deal. And um, Right. You know, it kind of like – you know, I, I don't know if, if you're the same, but it seems like to me, if I know that this particular animals are breeding the following year, I pay a little bit more attention to them, if that makes sense. Yeah. And once you're a breeding well, animal, you get paid more attention to. Whereas the other stuff, yeah. I'm just slow growing, slow growing, slow Here's growing. your food, here's your water, <laughs> close your bin. Right. So it's like, right. and, <laughs> to be honest, it, 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 what I got caught up in, and because you and I are kind of doing the same thing for a while, where it was like, bye, 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 bye. Because if people will listen, when we started the show, all I had was like nine coasters. I mean, we don't even get in, want to get into all this shit that we got going on right now. But it was like I would learn about the species, I would get excited, and I would buy it because somewhere in my head it got with, do it now or you're going to miss out and you never, and you might never see these things for a very, very long time. And I bought into that, and I spent a lot of money. And then I started realizing that that's not true. Where that that lie of not being able to ever find it again is only because you don't know enough people in the reptile community to find it again. Right. As we kind of got further on, I started meeting new people and talking with new people. I really stopped buying things just because I found it. And really wanted it and really needed it because I was worried that I was never going to see it again. If I bought it and it was kind of like an impulse buy it because the price was right or something like that. But it was never because, oh, my God, I'm never going to see these again. Because usually when I see an animal, it starts going through my head of who has it, who's breeding it, who can I get it from? You know, why haven't I bought all these wild-caught black bodies, white lips that keep popping up all over the place? Because I know Ryan Young, Chad Gray are going to produce black face white lips. And one of these times I'm going to have money when they produce black face white lips and I'm going to give them a call. So right. I'm not that concerned. I think green pythons and all that stuff. Right. I think the ones that for me, that were one of those things where um, I personally wanted to make sure that I had it in my collection before you don't see it again was, um, you know, certain oh, scrub pythons. Snakes. Oh, oh. corn snakes, yeah. Um, scrub because that is a possibility that Indonesia could just shut its doors and it's it's lights out, and then you have what you have in the states, and that's it. Um, right. With a species that's uh, particularly like that, that um, you know, is not you don't see uh, bred in captivity all that much. Um, you know, you want to make sure that uh, <clears throat> you do seize the day, so to speak, on that. I think Dunn's pythons would be another example of that. I mean, you know, if you see a Dunn's python pop up, you, you know, you sell it to somebody you else. Or, or yeah. notify, you notify someone else of its existence and watch them buy it and then right. prove that it was a And then follow them. <laughs> yeah. It's goddamn for the rest of my fucking life. I'm sorry. What were we talking about again? But right. it's. You're right. I mean, but now, even if I, even though I, I did not purchase that animal, I know where it is, and I know what KJ plans to do with it. Right. And I know 
where to go get it. So if KJ ever produces Dunn's Pythons, like all I got to do is message him on Facebook and be like, uh, what, what, I, I can't, I, why did I read that? <laughs> son of a bitch. Uh, that was, I give it back. <laughs> It'll be called Dunjag. Uh, a Dunjag. Uh, stop it. Stop it. <laughs> a Dunjag. No, <laughs> yeah. God. Uh, anyway, like I was saying, I, I know where they are now. And I mean, I know Ryan's working with them. So, if Dunn's Python, and I think Nick's working with it too, Dunn's Pythons are on the lip. Like, eventually, in the next couple of years, there are going to be clutches of Dunn's Pythons available. They yeah. may be hideously overpriced, but they will be here. They will be around. I, don't, I can get I don't, them. I don't think so. I don't think that, right. I mean, they're not going to be. There's ten people that care. Yeah, yeah nobody else <laughs> gives a shit. You know? <laughs> Two hundred dollars. Why? Because no one else gives a damn. Uh, I, well, I, I really think I'm that sad only but a couple... happy at the same time. <laughs> yeah, there's, they, dude. There's people out there that don't even know there is a Dunn's Python. You know what I mean? They they don't even know yeah. what that is. I mean, some people yeah. don't even know what an olive python is, let alone a Dunn's python. I mean, you know. Can you imagine I, like, what was it? Uh, Casper um, hatched the uh, poplins. Pop yes, one. That, that was on yeah. my list for sure. Oh, major congrats. I'm jumping your list. Yeah, major <laughs> congrats to the Viking, um, who we're told is not coming to Tinley. Yeah, because he'll be he on some escapade like, in Australia or something. Spend a month in, like, I, I mean, he would rather go and spend a month in, like, New Guinea and Australia than to come to Chicago and drink with, like, these idiots. <laughs> come on. Yeah. Anyway, but can you imagine having a clutch of those, just, just straight up baby pop ones, at a show like Hamburg? No, because I think I would want to punch somebody in the head, square in the head, <laughs> because they would be telling what me it's a retic. What like, retic so morph is that? <laughs> I'd be like, you motherfucker, you better get, get away from, from the table right from now. Like, you know? that, that's to be honest, but that's the thing where – some of those, some of those animals, just the public, it, it's not in their scope. And, and yes. you sit there and be like, the reason they're not in the scope is because pop ones don't have 18 million morphs and aren't that popular and not all over the place. But you know, there's going to be a few people at that show. It could be like six who are going to be generally excited to see the species in front of them. So it's like, it's, like, it's almost like that's where I kind of want to live now with my collection is with those people so but it's it it is kind of sucky that those would be the only six people that would care but those six people are going to be overjoyed that you got it so yeah now i would like to know from the well i i know only few a few people that keep pop ones um yeah and um the question so there's a paper and it mentions that the uh, Barkers observed that pop ones have a remarkable ability to change color of its head, eyes, and body, but all independent of each other. Which is like, what? <laughs> yes, yeah. 
it was in a paper that I read, and um, basically the Barkers, uh, Dave and Tracy Barker. Uh, I have to figure. I have to find what paper it was in, but I have it in my notes. Um, and it was, um, like I said, it was observed that uh, poplins have the remarkable ability to change color of its head, eyes, and body, all independent of each other. Um, and that doesn't happen with other liasses. I mean, I know they're now. I don't know. Wait, they were moved into liasis, then they're moved out of liasis. Who knows where they 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 aren't they, they are? Uh, aren't they liasis apodora or something like that now? I don't. No. Or, or well, they it's apod- ap- it's uh, apodora poplon. Um, yeah, they were they were in liasis, but they were kicked out. They're on their own thing right now. Well, there so, you go. Uh, AJ yeah. just put it in there. My pop one uh, can go from jet black to olive to green dorsal to gold. Yeah. You change just like an IJ. That's weird. Yeah. So um, the differences between Apodora and Liasis and why they probably shouldn't be in there is that um, um, I think one of the things they have extremely long forked tongues. Um, darkly pigmented skin, including the lining of the mouth and the cloaca. Um, they have thermal heat pits in the rostral, while Lassus does not. Um, you know. Yeah. Um, so, and then the eggs of uh, pop ones are relatively Huge. larger than those of any of the four species of Lassus. Um, but even cool. owls, Christ. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, that would that's uh, cool animals. Um, I thought about them for a little bit. I just don't have the space, nor the time, nor the real big drive to get them. So, um, but yeah, they're, they're, they're a cool species. I think eventually one day I'll, I'll try to, try to put my hands on them. Of course you do. It's a um, python. Right. It's a uh, python today. You must have it. <laughs> yeah. They, uh, they're definitely a cool species for sure. Um, they eat scrub pythons for God's sake. You know what I mean? I mean, holy <laughs> ball. Yeah. I mean, if you're eating a scrub python, you got to be pretty badass. Um, stupid. So it's just. What else do I got? Scott sent us. Oh no, Scott sending us pictures of wild carpet pythons. Thank you, Scott. So, um, but I, I don't know. They, they're 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 very cool, and I will definitely say that. Um, Casper's pictures of his pop ones, like he's got a few pictures up on his Facebook page of the whole progression of the babies, and the pictures of the mom sitting on the eggs, she's just dark, and like I, I've never I've never seen a pop one get that dark. So I they probably do do that color shift, and that'd be kind of cool to see. But I probably won't have them in my collection. I'll wait till you get them, and then I can observe them. <laughs> yeah. Um, so let's see, what else do we have? So upcoming breeding season, we talked about what we hope we see, you know, I, the one thing Mm -hmm. that I hope to see in other people's collection is, you know, I hope that, uh, Keith McPeak finally hits on his Bolton's pythons. I guess that, uh, this year he's successful and he's able to bang that out and, uh, produce a nice healthy clutch, um, of Bolton's pythons. I think that will be, uh, be it awesome the dude deserves it for sure uh, very much so um i'm greedy and i hope that chad gray gets 
a repeat of Maluk and Scrubs. Uh, yeah, that I agree with as well, because uh, I would like to acquire <laughs> them into my collection. <laughs> I would like <laughs> them, yes. <laughs> so, um, so, uh, and uh, I hope that Romulus does another clutch for Nick, because that would be cool to have uh, repeats of Ruffies. So here's a question. Yeah. Um, I'm gonna sh- I'm gonna share this over in the oh, shoot. There we go. I'm gonna share uh, um, the. I think I can share it in the chat. The video yeah. of. Uh, maybe not. Maybe um, not. We broke it. Yeah, I just copy the link and post it in the chat as we talk, but. Um, Cool. Let me cancel that. Um, I forgot what I was saying now. You're trying to do three things at once. It's, it's been you do that all the time. I yeah, just I know. learned to roll with it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Clearly, I'm not prepared for this. Um, nope. There we go. Okay, I shared it. This video of the pop one pop pop, popping yeah, out. It did okay. pop up. A little video. There we go. Just in case you uh, missed it and you live in a box. Um, and weren't paying attention, but yeah. Yes. Oh, we were talking about what we hope to see as far as uh, – so, yeah, that was going to be my um, – so we're heading out to Tinley. Um, yes. Are you planning on uh, picking up anything? Are you on the look for anything? Um, or That's a no. loaded question. <laughs> That's a loaded question, and you know it. Do I plan on picking up anything? No. Am I on the look for anything? Of course. If I find it there, will I probably buy it? Yes. Will I complain the entire way home because I spent all my tinly money on the snake? Yeah, probably. Um, <laughs> to be honest, the only things that I would really bust out the uh, checkbook for would be um, roughies if they were there. Just to get uh, – I wanted to get um, – because I want, I want to get a pair from Nick, and then I have my male and female I have right now. Um, I wouldn't mind picking up another boy. Right. Just because. So if one was there, I might do it. Um, also, uh, I don't know if Chad's going to be there for White Lips. Um, and then, of course, it would be the random things. Like if I find a pair of adult hog nose, I'll be like, yay, and I'll buy them for like $200. So um, <laughs> it's random stuff like that uh, I might do but mainly at Tinley I'm just going to try to sell some babies and see what's going on but you never know I mean uh, there's always some good stuff at Tinley there's always something that you're drooling over and there's always somebody willing you, that you talk to to try to make a deal uh, with their you know there, there was the last year where it was um, you know if I sell one more animal I'm going to go over there and buy the uh, rhino rat snakes so I assume that'll be happening again uh, where there's something that I really want, but I wanted to try to make more sales than, you know, I, I don't want to go there, sell two animals and then buy three animals. It would be kind of pointless. So uh, it'd be one of those things. Are yeah. you looking for something? No, not in particular. Nothing really. Um you know, I, I guess I would probably be open to people trading stuff uh, for certain things. You I'm know, I mean, open to trading. Um, I love trading. <laughs> I'm 
I'm always open to, uh, you know, some locality chondros or, you know, uh, some, you know, all those, uh, <clears throat> anything that's non-carpet, <laughs> you know, uh, <laughs> um, white lips, scrubs, you know, stuff like that. But, uh, yeah. Um, the, uh, you gonna, you think you're gonna, we're gonna, you think we're actually gonna make the auction this year? Oh, that's a, that's a, that's a crazy question. I don't know. I mean, it seems like we're always off somewhere else. Um, uh, I don't know. Maybe like always, like the show, the show ends. And then we like, we're like, let's go get food. And by the yeah. time we're done eating and drinking, we come back and we're like, and auction's already halfway through. People are already bidding on stuff. And we're like, Oh, I, I would have kind of wanted that. Then we go do this. look at the silent auction stuff and we don't breed ball pythons. So that's kind of, useless so and then we just leave i mean or we drink a few beers and then we leave but it's one of those things maybe we'll maybe we'll make the auction this year yeah yeah that would be cool um i i i probably will put an animal up in the auction i usually do every year but i don't, I have I no idea who, who it goes to <laughs> <laughs> well it's us art so i mean i imagine it's, it's, that's where it goes directly to them but um yeah, uh, there were there were a few. I mean, don't if you guys are if you're if this is going to be your first trip to Tinley, don't you know knock what's up in the auction because it's not like people are finding the crappy snakes on their table that they just want to get rid of and they're throwing it up in the auction so it's gone. Um, I, I think Todd and Carrie put up a pair of head exanic tigers last year, and that was like probably the first time I've ever seen head exanic tigers. So. Um, and they, 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 they went for, I think less than what I would have sold them for if they were mine, but it was still a pretty nice number for us arc. So if you're going and, and the auction's not something to really kind of sneer at. Yeah. Uh, I, uh, I don't know. I mean, <laughs> you said we don't breed ball pythons, but I do. <laughs> no. God damn it. You're like, oh, my God, a candino. And I'll be like, what the hell are you talking about? Yeah, no, nah, I mean. If, if oh, anybody man. wants to see Eric charge the stage at the auction, put a mochaccino. What the hell is it? The, your your retic. Oh, the mochaccino. Yeah, the mochaccino. Put a mochaccino retic in the auction. And you'll see a small hobbit be jumping up and down trying to bid for, like, you know, they can't see you over the crowd because you're short. <laughs> but um, yeah, I'll pull up a chair. You can stand on it. So, uh, but yeah, you'll be you'll be all over that shit. Yeah, yeah, that 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 is a cool animal for sure. Um, but now I have my fill. I, I I think I could maybe maybe fit one more retic into my group, but that's that's about it. All right, so uh, what I should do is try to I'll, – I'll, I'll buy the mochaccino at the auction, and then I'll be like, what are you going to trade me for it? And then just, like, put it down on the table and, you know. Since <laughs> your tiger hat albino? Yeah, right? Damn it. Damn it that was easy. <laughs> <laughs> expecting that to be harder. But, all right, touche. <laughs> um we kind of uh, okay, so yeah, I mean uh, Tinley Park, man. I, I guess for me, I'm looking forward to um, uh, 
you know, the first sale I made at Tinley Park was to um, uh, David. Um, oh man, his last name is slipping me. Um, shit. Anyway, David uh, purchased from me. Um, I think it's uh, Samino. Um, he got. Uh, he's going to be there. He's going to be selling um, some of his stuff, and I know he has. He hatched out blackheads uh, this year. Nice. This is awesome. You know, so uh, that will be cool to see those. And um, I know he has one of my offspring um, that he bought that bred for him this year, or yeah, this past season. Um, some IJ stuff. Um, which should be uh, which should be cool to see. Um, Everybody can get IJs, but yeah. Um, so. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm curious. I know last year, last year at Tinley, I remember seeing uh, the babies that he had, and I was like, "Holy shit, they're incredible!" And I wanted to pick up some, but Julie had bought them all. <laughs> nah, Julie. <laughs> she bought them all, um, and then. Right. Just and like I said she, earlier, she, she she contacted me and she's like, oh, yeah, I'm thinking about letting some go and I want to kind of keep it in the family. Do you have uh, do you want do you want some? And I'm like, oh, man, unfortunately, uh, I don't have any cash at the moment. So and I just, you know, bought. I think that's when I bought the olive pythons from Nick. And it was right. like, no, <laughs> can't. God, I but uh but uh yeah. So how about that uh crazy red uh coastal that Balin let get away? Man, he let some good animals get away, don't he? He always lets the reds get away. I mean like it's something about the reds that he just like they get away from him and then like years later he's like son of a bitch. I mean <laughs> if you bring up if you bring up Molly Ringwald in front of him he gets glared because it's <laughs> yeah, like he, he he hates you for that animal. It's like that. <laughs> no. He he because you know, we were talking, we're like, man, we want stuff for Molly. Yeah, we want stuff for Molly. And then Balin like yells at from behind us, I want some Molly. It's like, <laughs> oh. I mean, it's like it, it, it it's just one of those where reds are really freaking tricky when they're babies. Um. And I, I know that Balin's getting better at picking out which ones are going to do the crazy things, but just like every other carpet python, you don't freaking know. I mean, you can make an educated guess, but then there's always going to be one or two that are just like, what the hell? And that's the one you sold. So um, a lot of his good ones are starting to crop up now. And Howard and I have talked numerous times about when do we revamp our red tiger projects? Because we bought in on the first breedings that Balin did for a red tiger and they're good. Don't get me wrong. I love my red tigers, but the stuff that Balin's producing now is on an entirely different level. And it's like, all right, when do you pick up, when do you pick up some new red tiger blood to put in with your old red tigers to really kind of give it a kick in the pants. And he and I, Howard and I agreed like, two years ago that was like a few more seasons. So it's like, we're getting like, now's the, we're getting there. I mean, depending on what red tigers he's got and how they start looking, I might be grabbing uh, a red tiger male to start 
chucking in with my red tiger females to try to get some brighter red contrast in here. So, yeah, I found the post. I did see that. I found the post and I'm going to post it up, but, um, this animal, it's, it's, it's freaking insane. Yeah. Yeah. It's really, really wild looking. Yeah. So how old? I think a year. Who owns it? Oh, I'm not sure. Okay. (laughs) But I think, I think it's going back to Jason for a breeding loan. Yeah, if I'm not yeah, if I'm not yeah. mistaken, but uh, that, I remember seeing I that animal. The, was that the I one remember, that was in there? I was gonna say yeah, I remember seeing that animal at Tinley, and um, I'm trying to find the picture of it in the animal in the. In I thought he animal. had it <laughs> in the animal. Yeah, no, I thought he had it. I guess he don't. I thought he had a picture of it when it was. At it's was like in the weird, uh, display cage. Was that that weird looking one that he had? Um, and then there was one. Wasn't there an older one that you were gonna take? But then yes. Julie, Julie bought that one and, too. <laughs> Julie, God damn it, Julie! But it's like, um, but it's it's like I I think I remember this one because it was that we we're talking about Tinley, right? Eric. Yes. Okay. We're talking about Tinley. Like it was, it was a weird looking baby in Tinley just hanging out in one of the displays, right? Yeah. Uh huh. Hmm. Yeah. So I mean, I don't know, man. He always has these odd. Yeah, he has like these odd animals that just like stick out, and you're just like, "What is that?" And like, I'm just surprised. I guess I don't know, man. He just, I guess. Doesn't See, hold stuff now, back. <laughs> I don't know. What the hell? Now, I yeah. know he does, and his holdbacks are stellar, but it's like, and again, every once in a while, one will slip through the cracks. Unfortunately, yeah. we can't all be crazy and hold back an entire clutch of IJ. So, right. you know, we, you, you make the decision, and you let some go that you wish you could get back. I mean, a lot of people are going to look at this thing, and I already know they are because they're stupid. And they're going to see a lot of black on the animal, and they're going to be like, well, that's not as good as this bright-looking animal. Look at the red on that animal's freaking head. You know, yeah, it's insane. That's what you would cultivate. That's what you would breed and hope that more babies would come out with more of that red throughout their, throughout their body, and that's, that's what you want. So, oh, my God, it's a dinker project. But um, <laughs> the, uh, Actually, so it's like that's – shut up. I said it as a joke. Stop it. <laughs> Just stop it. He's like, stop. Stop it. Stop it. No, but I was going to say that, that, Go ahead. That's awesome. Go ahead. No, no, no. Go ahead. <laughs> We're not I mean, having the and, chemistry and what, tonight, Owen. <laughs> We're not doing it. It's not working. We're off. Jesus. But um, it, it, that's what you got to do is you got to just, I mean, plug in that animal in with some of his other holdbacks is what's really going to make that animal shine. I mean, on its own, that thing could get lost in breeding projects. Like, if you took that and threw it to insert coastal here, you'd probably lose everything that makes that thing special. But plugging it into some of the red holdbacks that Balin has, that's when you're going to see the offspring that are really going to be stellar. So I really hope it is going back to him. Who's this? So 
Okay, so this is one from Balin that I got. Now, it reminds me of this animal, but it doesn't have the red. So if I breed the mm-hmm. red into this animal, um, I think that uh, I will see maybe something similar. Maybe. Um, maybe. Well, Jason has... Though, if, you breed, if you breed Molly Ringwald to that instead of V, I will kill you. Well, they're both females, so... V would probably go to both of them. Damn. You know? There's another there's another one I have um that's uh so Jason, I'm sure you've you've either seen or heard him talk about his um his like bone white coastals. Mm-hmm. Okay, so she's she's from that line. And there's a male that I have that here he is um, that I'm going to put with her and this will be a pairing. I'll give you an idea. Um, He is like white as white can be now. That's a little bit of a younger uh, look. But basically all he's done is become white. So it's almost like really? an ivory coastal project, you know? That is nice. But again, you talk about Dinker project. Um, and then you can actually, the idea would be to make the color and then breed it into tiger, which these animals mm-hmm. have tiger in their lineage uh, because they come from, these are what we're called. I don't know if you, I'm, You've been around Jason a long time, so you probably heard the Tiger Jag Sib, the Tiger Jag Sib pairing that he does. Yeah, well, he that, did that. that. He did that back when Tiger Jags, back when Jag Sibs were something. So, um, well, yeah, well, you got yeah. something. So, um, but it's almost like if you could get, do you, do you remember? Do you know how? Um, who posted it? That black and white striped carpet. It was Australia. Was it? Was it Darren? Yes. Uh, yeah. yeah, that's uh, gelatin strike. Yeah, if you could get something like that, the bone white or cream white that is in coastal, organized into a stripe of a tiger, just call mm-hmm. it the goddamn white tiger, and it's it done. It, where, where do I sign? Take my money. I mean, that would just be a cool-looking animal. Well, if you look at that mail, that mail that I posted. I do. Uh, yeah. he has very tiger-esque type of, uh, <clears throat> look going on. You know, you can see it, like yeah. where the saddles are starting to come together. I think that if yeah. he was bred to a really nice tiger, uh, we would definitely see, uh, be on the way to a white tiger project. Um, That'd be for cool. sure. You're not, yeah. Do that. Do that project. Forget all others. <laughs> yeah. But uh, I don't know. That's just some cool things, again, that uh, that are in the works for sure. Yeah. And, um, and, you know, again, it's like we can appreciate cool animals that are on each other's tables just by, like, and it's it's terrible when you get us all into one room and we see one animal. We're like, ooh, and we're all picking it apart. And then we all decide we want it, just like how you and Julie were like, oh, I'll take it. And it's like, damn it. So it's, <laughs> Yeah. Well, at least now I know who it, it went to, you know, and that which is which is exactly awesome. that's 
that's one of the things I love is that, and and I've made deals with people about that, where it's like, I'll, I'll sell you this one, but if I need it, it's coming home for breathing loan. So, and that's like, oh, yeah, sure, cool, done, whatever. I'm like, and if you ever go to get rid of it, you call me first. And right. that happens all the time. So it's, you know, it's one of those things. I, I, I prefer to know where certain animals go because then it's there. And then maybe I don't buy it back or maybe I don't use it, but now I know where the offspring are coming from. So, you know, uh, a few people have, I managed to track down two of, remember my big coastal Sophie? Um, right. One laid like 52 eggs. Yeah, I managed right. to track down two of her children. One I own, one is in a different collection. The one I own is a female, the one that's in a different collection is a male. And you better believe I'm watching him because if he produces, I want to get a boy. Because if I can try to get, because she was huge. She was massive coastal. You know, part of me is like, if I could breed that and just try to get big coastals again. I mean, you know, not wimp coastals that live in 32 quart bins their entire lives. But, um, <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's something I would like be like to do. So Save yourself the time and just get some Brisbane's. Touche. All right. <laughs> so, <laughs> might as well. You make uh, a point. <laughs> so. Yeah. But uh, <clears throat> let's see. What else do we have on our list? Uh, well, you know, we talked about it a little bit, but you you just brought up breeding loans. Um, yeah. Is there any, like, rules that you have as far as breeding loans go? I mean, we're going into that time where, you know, people will be well, doing it more and more. What's your thoughts? Well, my thing is that, and this is what I find absolutely hilarious, is there are certain people who believe that because they know your name and because you have the opposite sex animal that they need, that you will do a breeding loan with them. And it's like, no. <laughs> so um, <laughs> there, there were a few times, uh, there's this one guy, I run into him like every Hamburg show, and he's got... Uh, Macaulay's pythons. He's a female. And every show, he asks me how my Max are doing, if I'm going to produce any. I'm like, I don't got any. So then he goes, how about I send you my girl, you breeder? I'm like, no. <laughs> how about I take your mail? I'm like, no. <laughs> it's like, you know, it's one of those things, like, I don't know who you are. I don't know right. what you do. I don't even know what state you're from. I don't even know your goddamn name. You're just that guy. I mean, right. And I'm not going to do that. And, I mean, we, we talked – you and I talked a while ago about – like, we're talking years right. about breed loans and stuff. And it was hilarious because you were just showing up and just getting into it and buying certain animals. And people were already offering breed loans just because you had a really expensive animal that they didn't want to go and buy. Right. I mean, they're like, oh, I'll send you this. You can breed your zebra jack to it. Why? Because then we could split the clutch. Why not just take my zebra jack and breed it to my own shit? It's like, you know, <laughs> yeah. So it, it, it's something I would caution people to be kind of wary about is, you know, there are things that can go really wrong in breed loans. And you kind of want to make sure that the person that you're doing the breed loan with is either going to stand by it, um, compensate you for it, or even like just offer to compensate for it. And not try to, like, disappear, not take your animal, not screw you over and tell you, hey, we only got four eggs when really you got 24. 
um, it, it's it's one of those things. So I would really only ever do uh, breed loans with people I know, people I trust, and people who I think can take care of my animals. Now, I automatically assume that something can go really wrong on any level when I breed it or when I send some breed loan. The second it leaves my house, it, 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 it might never come home. And that's something you right. got to understand. I mean, that's, right. that's, that's what it is. Um, and that's something that could be through no fault of anybody. So it's just one of those things that I would caution people to be a little wary about. And if you feel that you need to have something in writing, I would suggest going online and literally looking up, like just typing in uh, breed loan agreements. I swear to God, I did it once. And there were documents that popped up. But all I had to do was enter my name, the other person's name, and it filled out the entire form for me. And then you had to go through and change the word horse to snake. So Ah, that was pretty much all you had to do. And, and, and dude, these these kinds of loans for breeding purposes with horses and dogs all over the freaking place. So, of course, there's going to be agreements to that. And, of course, there's going to be paperwork for all that stuff. All you have to do is print it out. Have everybody sign it, and then there you go. There's no more. And to be honest, if you're doing a breed loan and somebody asks you to put it down in writing, don't feel insulted. It's just because now everything is very – everything's now we know where everybody needs to go, what happens if it happens, what happens if that happens, how everything will be divided, how everything will be split. There's no question marks. So I would recommend if somebody's doing a breed loan with somebody – Go ahead and do that. And now, be honest though, if you've done breed loans with somebody numerous times, you don't need it. Or you know, how like you and I don't ever have written agreements. If we do a breed loan, I just drop the snake off in the middle of the night on your front porch with a sign that says "Breed this." So, right. So that'll happen later. Yeah. So, um, yeah. I mean, that's just how it goes. I mean, do you have you? The only breed loan you and I ever had ended in horrible failure. Because uh, which was the, the the female turned out to be a boy, and that was on my end, and I failed. So oh 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 the, yeah the jag thing yeah. Um, but have you done any other breed loans? I know you got one with Nick going on right now. Yeah, I have one with Nick. Um, with and Matt. Um, Matt, you know, but. I, I think with the one with Matt, it's like that's kind of like uh, you. You and I did the same thing. We just dropped our blood pythons off with the blood python guy and ran away. Yeah, and now is where you correct me and say yours was like a Borneo or something, right? No. Yeah, mine. Yeah, mine was a now. Borneo. <laughs> uh huh. Um, but um, I win. Well, the one thing with that, I mean, I don't know. I mean, me and Matt have this thing going where we're like we just like are trading each other animals, and then we trade for the future like so i don't know like <laughs> where we are with each other on like who owes who what or you know what i mean it's just like this ongoing yeah you take this and then when i have a clutch that he likes you know he'll, he'll take that and you know it's just kind of it's like this right thing that just keeps going which is which is kind of cool in a way i know he does that with a couple other of his uh you know uh short tail short tail people that he's that he's close with that uh you know 
he'll just get something in the mail and then send something else in the mail type of deal. But I don't know. Breeding loans are tricky. Um, yeah. You know, especially I had a couple people ask me about wanting to, to, to breed poison ivy and it was like, why would I send you poison ivy? You know, it's just like, I don't know. It just, um, Oh yeah. I mean, that's, that's what happens. And why? I think, <laughs> why? Uh, yeah, I think I think the thing with with me would be, um, I would not have an issue so much with sending off a male. Uh, mm-hmm. I think with me, the problem would be the female, and the reason would be is that, you know, with Nick, with the breeding loan with me and him, uh, which will be killer. Um, I don't think that that female would go this year anyway because she's just settling in and Nick's on the West coast and we're on the East coast. So we're talking, you know, there's a very different thing going on. Yeah. Um, so that's a long-term breeding loan type of deal. Um, and obviously we just split the clutch. Um, but I think those terms should be talked about, uh, you know, head, head of things. So nothing is, you know, no, misinterpreted, you know what yeah. I mean? You know, it's just kind of like, I know like the one breeding loan I did with Zach, the one year with the jungle, the striped jungle, um, it worked out that, uh, I think I can't remember what the sex was, but I wanted a, you know, a female that was striped. He wanted a male. So the idea was, is that we would go through and sex it. And the first, uh, the best female striped would go to me, the best male striped mm-hmm. would go to him. And then we would pick from there, dividing up the clutch, uh, you know, evenly, but then you run into the issue of what if you have the, uh, especially if you got morphs involved, what if, what if that you have the, the higher end animal, you know, obviously right. somehow you have to work that out. Um, you know, even if it's even if it's still even even, you that still should be something that you know you guys talk about um, ahead of time. At least I think, you know. Yeah. Um, you know, like with me and you with the ivory and the jag, um, we could have hit all uh, ivory sib things, uh, or we could have hit all jags. Or we right. could have hit a mix of both. But I think the idea would be that you would want an ivory-looking jag, and I would want an ivory-looking jag, obviously, to keep the project going forward. But with you having the female jag, I'd probably want an ivory-looking male. So I would – Male. Yeah, so I would probably let you take – yeah. Yeah, I would probably let yeah. you take an ivory jag over me taking the best ivory boy, not jag. So, yeah. I can yeah. see that, and and that's where it goes. I mean, uh, when I did the breed loan with Balin and we did a tiger clutch, I separated all the tigers, and I sexed them all. And so what we did is we chose tiger boys first. And at this point, we both had breeding tigers. We both were just like this. So he picked one, I picked one, he picked one, I picked one. And then we did the tiger females, and then we did, like, the female non-tigers and the male non-tigers. By the time it was over, we each had, like, I think I came out with one extra tiger because it was my girl, but he left with, like, 
an extra coastal or whatever the hell. I don't remember. But it came out pretty freaking even. So Right. And, and in those kind of projects, it's not really something you would really need to discuss at. But if it is like a, we might hit this, all right? Well, what if we only get one? And then what happens? So right. then you got to talk about it. Yeah, I think the more you get into the morph things, uh, the more is where that comes into play. So if you're yeah. if you're trying to hit a super zebra uh, granite caramel granite, um, and you only hit one of those, well, who gets it? You know, that's something that you wanna you wanna think about. And um, and think about it this way: you're like, okay, I'll take it this year. We'll do the breed loan again. What if thing? What if one of the parents dies between now and then? Then what? Yeah, <laughs> that's uh, and, that's and definitely. Again. Yeah, I mean, uh, this, these are kind of agreements where people can feel a little raw, and, and you don't want that. You, you want to make sure everybody kind of leaves with a good taste in their mouth. So it's it, it can be hard. That's why it's like if you're gonna do it and you feel a little iffy about it, just get in writing, call it a day. And if somebody says they don't want to put anything in writing, then maybe you don't want to do a breed loan with this person. Right, but yeah, there's always agree. somebody trying to bark up a tree, trying to get a breed loan from something or other. So. Yeah. Okay, so there's our breeding loan uh, thing. I want to throw out this uh, before we cut off live, but the uh, yeah the the two six two thousand sixteen Northwest Carpet Fest is about what a week away. Um, yep. It's on September tenth. It's at Doug Taylor's place, uh, north of Seattle. Um, I know if you want to, uh, uh, they have a Facebook page now, which is the Northwest Carpet Fest. Um, it says the new page, um, or you could PM Amy. Uh, if you know, I, I guess they're looking for. I guess I should look at their page. Um, looking for same thing as what us, you know. Um, Who's coming, head count. Who's coming, who's bringing what kind of food. Um, I know that they're doing a, um, a T-shirt uh, deal, um, which is uh, which is pretty sweet because it doesn't work with the way that the booster does where it yeah. you, know, you have to sell X amount and then you sell X amount. Um, what this does is as soon as you buy it, you get it. Um, and then the other cool thing is that – um, they have different, you know, other swag that's available, um, which is uh, with the, which is with the logo, cool. yeah, yeah. Um, let's see, Northwest. I looked into it. It's apparently it's whoever designed the shirt. They have an artist page, and that's how they're getting it going that way. So ah, you know, yeah, okay. We have to become artists, which. <laughs> isn't is isn't going to happen so no. um but yeah it, it but yeah i mean like you could buy a phone case with a northwest carpet fest thing on it and a hoodie it's not just limited to a t-shirt which is awesome so yeah there's uh let's see okay so this is the two weeks away anyone having mm-hmm. anything they'd like to donate for the U.S. Dark Auction, books, useful, supply, uh, useful supplies, gift certificates to breeders. Uh, no live animal animals at the venue, but we always appreciate gift cards towards offspring. 
Uh, if so, please contact Amy. Um, let's see. Uh, Shipping is free. Okay, so I'm going to send over this link of the uh, design by humans. Um, I'll put this link over in the chat for people that want to uh, buy a shirt. Actually, I have mine already. It's it's actually a pretty cool shirt. Yeah, you wore it Um, to... uh... Uh, Hamburg, right? Yeah, yeah. So, all right. Definitely, if you're out on that West Coast, uh, if you're out there, um, if you're going to be in the area, you definitely should make the trip. Um, hang out with, um, you know, Nick will be there. I don't know if uh, Casey Lazic will be there, but um, you know, when you're rubbing shoulders with a guy like Casey Lazic, and you're able to talk to him off the cuff. Uh, you know, that's pretty cool, uh, for sure. Uh, yeah, I would highly recommend going if, uh, if you, uh, were thinking about it or sitting on the fence, it's it's definitely a good time for sure. And who knows what they're going to make Nick do. (laughs) They always make him do something. They may kill him. They may (laughs) kill him this year. I'll be moving that weekend. So (laughs) I I won't be there, but, um, one of these years I will make it out to the west coast for sure so um what else do i got uh there's also that um ari uh has a bowens t-shirt thing going on yeah um so fun some more research which is important yep and i have that over on our facebook page as well so you can check it out and you know uh get your bowens t-shirt um and I don't know. I don't know if I have anything else. Well, the one thing that I saw somebody talking about and was uh, respiratory infections. And since we're going into that time, um, mm-hmm. I thought that I would share my experience with respiratory infections and in particular with uh, IJs. Um, seems to me they seem to be the ones that are the most finicky of carpets, at least for me. Uh, and I don't know, um, why I guess that, that they don't take the temperature swings all that well. I'm not sure. Um, but, uh, the one thing I have noticed though with them is, is that if you catch it early enough and you bump up their heat, uh, I pretty much, you know, like for me personally, I had that like last week, uh, a couple weeks ago, I had that uh, my poster child um, that developed an RI. Uh, the one thing that I looked at was the size of this hot spot, and yeah. um, was I don't think it was big enough. Um, so that's something that I've definitely been looking at, um, and. I made uh, I made it bigger, so I used like I think I want to say it's like 16 inch heat heat tape, 16 inch wire, yeah. and I put it underneath the tub, and uh, I bumped it up to about 90 degrees on that hot spot. Now, if you look at my typical, uh, you know, where I keep things, I'm looking at about 80 for ambient room temp, probably about 83 to 84 for hot spot. 
So when I'm jacking it up, I'm jack. I mean, that's like jacking it up, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you already keep uh, pythons at higher temps, um, this may not work for you as good as it works for me. But um, again, just offering them that hot spot uh, seems to clear things up uh, relatively, relatively quickly. Um, you know, one of the things that uh, the vet, my vet, always asks, you know, every time I go in is uh is about that those type of scenarios um and what the hot spot is et cetera et cetera and um I found that that's worked pretty much every time i've had i think maybe five or six respiratory infections in my python mm-hmm. keeping career, and they've actually all been i j s and <laughs> they all bounced out of it with that following that uh that method. Now, the one time when I was dropping the room, what I did is I turned on the incubator and I just put the snake in the incubator, um, right. which uh, worked well, uh, wor- worked well for me. Um, I kept the temperatures probably at about 88 when I did that. And I just put them in a tub and stuck them in the incubator and, you know, uh, it worked pretty well. What's your experiences? Uh, have you had it with other species besides IJs? Yeah. And has it worked the same? Um, no, it's, uh, I mean, I, I bumping up the heat, obviously, within the first week is very helpful. Um, I had some nasty something coming through the collection um, for about a month or two after I moved that was kind of drug-resistant to some things because uh, nobody seemed to be getting any better until I got the right combination of drugs for my vet. And then like everybody got instantly good. So my recommendation would be if, if there's no improvement after, let's say three days of bumping up the heat, it's time to take them to the vet. And that's just one of those things of like, you know, just to knock it out of the park, get it, kill it early. Um, and I've had RIs in carpet pythons. Um, all mine have been in uh, coastal, um, with the exception of one in, one in, in a jungle. Uh, mm-hmm. And the, the same deal. Bump up the heat, tends to go away. Um, I do have a bunch of Batril and a few other uh, drugs here, just in case, um, which you can find. Um, either your vet can prescribe them for you or you can find places that uh, sell online. Um, usually they're for horses and other large livestock, so be prepared right. for, you know, learn, know your dosages. Uh, it is not the same, and uh, this is how animals get, like, facial burns. These people don't know what they're doing, and they just start giving shots. Um the, the only thing I would say is that with an RI, if if you don't catch it early enough, uh, it's a, it's going to be a lot harder to get rid of because if foreman crap in their mouth, uh, that 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 very quickly can get away from you and very quickly can kind of get out of control to the point where you know mouth rot and things like that happen. Um, so my suggestion would be definitely uh, make sure the mouth is clean. 
Um, yeah. If it's just filled with a bunch of clear saliva, that's totally cool. Um, if there's any cheese and crap in there, you're going to want to clean that stuff out and then uh, dilute some betadine to make sure everything stays clean in there. Um, do not just pour straight betadine or hydrogen peroxide into their mouth. You do a lot more damage than just some pus would do in there. Um, but that's where it gets a little tricky. Uh, uh-huh. it, 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 it's, it's, a, it's a crapshoot. Every RI is a crapshoot, whether it's going to go away in a week or you're in it for the long haul. And then it's the funniest thing is that sometimes they don't bounce back after they're done with the RI. I have a Jag cattle lineup that got an RI once when it was younger, and I kicked it immediately just because of warming it up, and it ate like crazy. And then it got an RI last year, and it's kicked it. Mouth's clean, tongue flicked, active, hasn't really lost any weight, but it almost has not eaten on its own for a year. And I almost, like, refuse to force feed it because I know that's just a slippery slope to a bad place. But right. it won't take food. And it just, it, 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 nothing's wrong with it. Now, I took it to the vet, and they, they put it on a, some more shots for some antibiotics, but that all ran out. And like I said, she's mobile. She's tongue flicking. There's no saliva. There's no hissing. There's no wheezing. Just moving around. So what I'm probably going to end up doing is going to go grab something live. Insert something. I don't care what you eat. Just eat it kind of a deal. And then I'll go from there. So uh, that would be my experience with RIs. I think I also had an, I had an RI and a white lip once too. And those are fun. <laughs> it was a it was a black face and it was one of our not nice black face so it was it, it, and it's just that's what you got to do you got to pull them out you got to open up the mouth and they got that long snout so it, it was much worse cleaning those out than it was uh carpet pythons I, i've also done the um incubator method where i'm like you know it Clearly, you're not getting hot enough, so I turn up the incubator and I shove the damn thing in a in a bin in the incubator. Uh, Echo had an RI last year, and that's how I cured him of it because I just shoved him in there and he kicked it within a week, and then he was just in the incubator for like two weeks. So um, <laughs> right, it was weird. It was just like all these egg boxes in this big bin with this carbon pipe on it, and he's like, "All right, so yeah, there there ten million ways to skin the cat." Cool. Um, so. Well, did you did you see the thing that Mike Curtin posted up on the Morelia Pickle Week? Yeah, the thing with mites, right? Yep, treatment of mites because apparently this is this is prime shipping time. It's not really hot anymore, and everybody who needs something for the upcoming breeding season is buying it. So uh, after this whole we the holiday weekend this weekend. So uh-huh. next week is that's when a lot of boxes, I think are going to start moving around because people are going to start having stuff shipped to them. So it can settle for September to be ready to go for October. Yeah. <clears throat> he, uh, yeah, he did a good post on that. Um, so man, that's a, I guess the thing with mites is, is that, which is kind of weird because, 
you talk about fleas on a dog, people don't get so upset. But when you talk about mites on a snake, people just lose their freaking mind. You know what lose I'm saying? Their minds. Oh my god, they get Everything crazy. Is Yeah, I think the biggest thing is probably prevention. Um, That's the Mm -hmm. biggest step that you can take. Anytime that I've ever had mites, it's because I didn't do the prevention parts of it. Um, I also saw a pretty good video. It was, uh, I think the guy's name is PWR Reptiles. Um, He's in Canada. Um, I think his name is Peter Williams. Um, and, uh, he did, um, he uses the next thing like you do. I think you use yes. it next, right? I do. You so what he does, yeah, he, he does that treatment. Um, he finds that, uh, for him personally, he, he sort of subscribes to the idea that it's, it's not as, um, harmful or uh, I don't want to say harmful. It's not as, uh, toxic as Pam. And when you say Pam, what we're talking about is not the cooking spray. Uh, because... I made that mistake <laughs> once, all right? <laughs> once. Uh, it is uh, Prevenomite, um, which is probably the go-to um, uh, mite uh, prevention product that you can use. Now, I don't know if you do something similar to this, Owen, but um, what he does is what I do with the stuff that's called reptile relief. Uh, when you get yeah. uh, an animal or you're coming back from a show, um, you spray down a tub with this stuff on it, and you can spray it directly on the animal. Uh, you let them, like, sort of, like, when you put a snake in a tub, it kind of crawls around. You let it get it all in its heat pits and, it, you know, its eyes and under its chin, and it gets it gets all that in there, and it can, uh, and it's not a problem. Um, and then, you know, if there was a mite that came from a show or whatever, um, then you killed it and you won't have the issue. Um, now, as far as the, the preventive mite, if you actually have mites in your collection, um, he uses it you the same that. way. Yeah. He sprays down the tub with the, uh, with the nicks, puts the paper in, lets it dry, puts the snake back in as the snake is sort of setting over to the side, he sprays the snake, et cetera, et cetera. Um, now, I think Mike goes on and he talks about how he actually used Prevenomite, right? Um, yeah, I mean, I don't – if I use Prevenomite, it means that they're in the collection. And what I'll do is I'll remove the snakes from the cage, uh-huh. spray it with Prevenomite, let it dry, and then clean it. And then I'll, like, you know, let them go back in. But I don't ever spray – Prevenomite will, like, kill any carbon-based life form if you spray it directly at it. I mean, at my mother's place, we had, like, flying ants in the deck, and I didn't have any bug spray, so I took a can of Prevenomite to it, and I murdered the entire colony with, like, two shots. So I don't like spraying Prevenomite at my animals or anywhere near them. Um, But with the Nick stuff is – the Nick, it's lice shampoo. So what right. I'll actually do is I'll put a bin of water and mix up the mix so like it gets all foamy and stuff, and then I'll do like a flea dip. I'll dip the snake in. I usually hold it by the head because you don't want them to drink it because it would be toxic. So I'll dip their whole body in and then kind of just hold their head above the water, 
and kind of let their body sit in there for a little bit and then slowly dip their heads like down once or twice. And that's right. Enough. That does it. I mean, there have been, I, I went and I rescued a berm once that it came in the house and it was covered and big snakes, giant snakes, when they get mites, it's hard as hell to get it away because their scales are so freaking huge. Um, with that animal, I actually just poured the nicks directly on it and, like, right. rubbed it in like it was shampoo on a dog and right. uh, did that and then hosed it off. But I won't, uh, I won't allow the animals to kind of get anywhere near that kind of stuff. The other thing I will use directly on animals and caging and water is ivermectin. And that is a small – you can either give that to them in a shot, and that's a complete dewormer. Or you can mix it with a one-to-one solution that's one cc to one liter. Um, And you can spray the cage, put a little bit in their water, spray the animal, and that's enough to kill mites as well. Um, But again, like what you said, it's all about prevention. If you get mites in your collection, it's because you didn't take a precaution or you you broke one of your own rules. Right. Yeah, <clears throat> he um, he talks about basically – see, when people write things like this, I just want to make sure that, you know, people listening will – you know, he basically says clean and disinfect everything. Mm-hmm. Um, so when you disinfect, are you using what, like a bleach, bleach mixture or are you using uh, chlorhexidine or what? Well, I clean with bleach anyway. I, I usually do bleach wipes and diluted bleach to clean everything. But uh-huh. when it gets to mites, um, I'll use chlorhexidine. Um, okay. And to be honest, if it's a piece of furniture that I can do without, like high tubs that I know the store where I can go get new tubs, I might even just throw it out. So, um it kind of gets down to that sometimes if I, if, okay. if I have it um, and, that, and and you make that decision as you go. Um, the other thing is also after it's sanitized, if it's like in the middle of the summertime, I'll put everything in a black trash, trash bag and put it in the sun and watch it get up to like a hundred something degrees inside that trash bag and cook everything. So gotcha. But like, okay. Say, say I had a snake that had like, a tree or, or like a wooden perch, that shit is gone. That shit right. is thrown out. I'll buy you a new one later. So Right. Yeah. It says, yeah, you just clean and disinfect everything, water bowls, racks, tubs, cages, floors, walls, baseboards. Throw out all old bedding, newspaper, including yep. Uh, yep. that which has not been used, if it has been in the snake room. Okay. It's contaminated. Yep. Yep. Uh, and uh, spray enclosures inside and out with preventamite or bed light spray while snakes are bagged up or housed in a temporary rack away from the fumes. Spray the base floors, baseboards, and walls of room. Allow to dry for about four to six hours with adequate ventilation. Uh, line the enclosures with fresh newspaper. Return to snakes, but withhold water from 12 to 24 hours to prevent any residual airborne chemical from uh, uh, contaminating the drinking water. Uh, When water is returned, use a small heavy crock for snakes that have been uh, 
that have been regularly soaking to prevent them from entering the bowl to soak and contaminating the drinking water. Um, and then basically, the, I guess this is the key, the repeat of it. So in his, he says, for the following two to four weeks, spot clean without washing, rinsing the enclosure. If the enclosures are soiled to the point where uh, washing and rinsing is required, prevent a mite um, afterwards. After the initial two to four week period, clean and disinfect and repeat the treatment. So is that the time frame that you go by? Because I've heard that you have to shoot yeah. them like every three days. Is that something? Uh, I won't. What I'll do. What I usually do is a massive clean, where everything is disinfected and everything is preventamited. And like I'm talking, like I go to the store and buy life spray because I have carpet in my snake room, so uh-huh. I have to spray down the entire carpet. If I I haven't had mites in a while, but you know I have right. a freaking plan if it if it happens. Um, so I would have to spray down the carpets. Um, and that what I've done in the past is after everybody's treated, uh, and I pretty much do what Mike said, um, I will continue the normal routine, but, like, nobody is fed. And like you said, water is kind of small and lax because you don't want anybody soaking them with, it, with medicine on them and then uh-huh. trying to drink it. So, right. uh, but, you know, if somebody soils their cage, I'll usually clean it, and then I will either just kind of go over a little bit with some preventamide or some NYX or um, ivermectin because then it's done and then I can keep going. And then after the the second big cleaning, we're done. It's over. You know, you just got to give it some more time to dissipate and then you, you know, add water bowls and get everybody back to normal. Right. It's a rough couple weeks though, dude. It's, you know, you're stressed, they're stressed. You're getting bit, <laughs> um, and uh, <laughs> yeah. you're trying to scrub everything. It, it's horrible. I mean, I'm pretty sure that's why people get really pissed off because your dog gets leashed, you slap the collar on him, and you dip him once or twice, and then it's done. Um, nights get mites. It's such a huge undertaking to make sure they're all gone, and it's something that you have to do, and you got to be upfront and honest and. Any person who whoever sits there and goes, I've never had mites. They're either lying or they haven't been in it that long. And yeah. don't worry, they will come. They will find their way to you. So yeah. quarantine, <laughs> quarantine, quarantine. Yeah. So uh, yeah, I, I think it's uh, it's it's worth mentioning. I think you just sort of hit on this, but um, if you've uh, uh, sprayed the uh, substrate with um, I think well let's back this up a second the reason why I would use um, unprinted newspaper or newspaper or something along those lines it's going to be easier to see the mites um, uh, you know that they're dying if you're using something like cypress mulch you're never good gonna luck and they're going <laughs> to live good. forever yep. yeah good luck yep um, so I would recommend just switching over, even if it's temporarily to a, uh, to a paper substrate, um, yeah. just, just for ease of cleaning and such. Um, but the, the important part is, is that most people that thaw out their rodents, uh, they thaw them out and they stick them on, uh, you know, they're wet. Um, if mm. you get that residue wet, 
that's on that preventamite, I mean, that's on that paper, um, that could possibly kill oh, your you, snake you because they're snake. ingesting oh, yeah. it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So, they'll, be dead. they'll be dead within 20 minutes. I mean, it, it's – and I know some people who – because, like, uh, we, we had the white lips get mites once years right. ago. Right. And there are species that you want to make sure have uh, an abundance of water and humidity. Right. So taking them off of mulch and putting them on newspaper was not good for them. So right. what we ended up doing is taking a bin with a hole in it and filling it with wet paper towels. And they would just spend almost all day, every day in those. And that's what worked out for them. Right. Um, it also meant that we couldn't treat them with NICs or Preventamite. We had to do strictly ivermectin for them because we didn't want them being covered in Preventamite or getting the residue of the Preventamite wet because they were just in the humidity hide. But we Got also it. didn't want to put moss in there because the freaking mites would just live in the damn moss. Wet paper right. towels can be chucked. So, yeah. Yeah, that's... uh. Yeah, when you're getting into those uh, type of animals, that can be uh, can be tricky, for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, so, um, I don't know. That's something that you should be thinking about. Um, uh, I would definitely. Uh, it's either you can check it out over on my, uh, Mike's page, which is Scattershot Exotics. I linked it over on the uh, Morelia Python Radio Facebook page there. Um, but um, if you're having the issue. Uh, it's definitely worth uh, checking out and um, following what uh, he's saying because uh, it's good advice. And uh, as long yeah. as you uh, stick at it, uh, you'll you'll get rid of them. Uh, but that's the key, man. You gotta you gotta stick at it, and you gotta be uh, you gotta be vigilant about making sure that uh, you're doing it. Or um, and you gotta treat your whole collection, or otherwise everything just gonna move from one spot to another. Uh, which has happened to me in the past um, where uh, I had Burmese pythons that uh, got them. And, you know, I treated the one animal and it just moved from one to the other, to the other, to the other. Um, There's like, it's not safe here anymore. And they just move over. Yeah. 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 So, um, so yeah, the key is breaking the life cycle. uh, And -hmm. if you do that, um, you know, uh, that's how you get rid of them. So, well, that's a that's a that's a bad way to leave the end the of the evil show. Topic. <laughs> I know. Yeah. Um, so yeah. I'm gonna let's talk about the other thing I saw online, where an alligator yeah. dude was praised because he got his thumb ripped off by an alligator. What that's the wow. hell? <laughs> that's intense. <laughs> Isn't it? Like yeah. Made my bones. I'm like, your thumb is gone. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man! I digress. Yeah, uh, uh, I was graphic too. It's like I'm like, how are these pictures online? Why can't I not look? So yeah, <laughs> yeah. Whew, I don't know, man. They're you know, crocodilians have always fascinated me ever since I was a kid. And I remember when I was a kid, my dad had this book, and it was keeping crocodilians in captivity or something like that. And I I thought for sure that I was going to have an alligator as a pet for the longest time. He wouldn't let me get it, which was kind of hypocritical of him because I think a couple years after he got into it, 
you know, back into keeping snakes. He had a, well, he had a Cayman, but, you know, he went out and bought one. And I was like, son of a bitch. What an ass. Uh, come on. <laughs> but, uh, you know, I was, yeah, I, I wanted them bad. But uh, I don't know, man. I like playing guitar, too. So <laughs> that's Dude, that's what keeps I... me away from them and monitors, you know. Um, yes. Um, dude, I, I, I got bit by a four-foot alligator twice. Um, both times were because I was an idiot. And uh, both times he did not give me, like, any kind of, well, you're being stupid today, I'll let you go. Um, I was in a rush, and I was working at the zoo, and we were supposed to feed the crocking gator. And we kept our Nile crocodile and our alligator because they were both around the same size together. Um, opened the door, threw food at the crocodile. He got it in his hand. And then I went to go feed the gator. And I threw the food at him. And he missed the food and got on my hand. And uh, bit down on my hand pretty hard. And he went through. His one tooth went through my thumbnail. And oh, the rest geez. of it was all in there. Oh, God, it was horrible. And he bit down, and then through the grace of God, I managed to close the door um, behind his head on his neck, which prevented him from spinning. And he tried to spin, though. He couldn't really quite get it around, Um, and he kept readjusting his bite. So now he's opening his mouth a little bit and then clamping back down. So it's like going in and out. There are multiple puncture wounds now. He's chewing on my hand. Um, Oh, God. Started, I started forcibly removing him. Basically, I punched him in the head. And he eventually let go. Um, and my hand looked like a Wes Craven movie. It was horrible. And for the next couple of days, I was on antibiotics. And my hand swelled up to the point where I couldn't close it. It was bad. Um, so I could never recommend keeping a crocodilian. I can't. Uh, and I know the only reason I still got all five fingers on that hand is that I wouldn't, I wasn't, he wasn't able to roll because he, right. he could have taken at least four of them with him. If he's fun, there's nothing I could do. So is it, is it pressure? Is it straight out pain? What, what is, what does it feel like? What is it? Uh, I feel like somebody's it. um, it's smashing it's you with a hammer or what? It, it, it's pressure, but the problem is, is that when gators and crocs are young, their teeth are sharp. Um, yeah. As they get older, they dull out. But right. then by then, the jaw strength is so immense it doesn't fucking matter. So right. it was like having a nail kind of plunged into you repeatedly. Because remember, he kept adjusting. So it was like every time he opened his mouth, I'd move a little bit and he'd clamp it back down. So... The, they weren't going in the same holes. So it was getting stabbed repeatedly and it was pressure and it was intense pressure. So, um, it was bad, dude. Uh, man. And I, and I, and I would just imagine a monitor would do the same thing, but the teeth would go in further. Plus then they got their horrible little sickle hands. So they can just be carving you up at the same time with their claws as they're ripping into you with their teeth. So, Yeah. Nature is a motherfucker, isn't it, man? Like, <laughs> <laughs> what was the family guy saying? Damn, nature, you 
scary. <laughs> so it's like, you know, <laughs> they don't fuck with them, dude. I mean, and it's like, I've, I've been close to the Crocs and Gators. And of course I got bit by that same freaking alligator again, two years later, but he got me on the forearm, which was much less painful. And it was kind of like an ow. And then, you know, I wore a bandage around my forearm for the next couple of days. I was on antibiotics again, but the hand, it's like for those people who've ever been bit on the knuckles by your snakes and knuckle bites are the freaking worst because they all swell up and it's painful. I, imagine that over your entire freaking hand because the gator's teeth, they went in deep. Uh, he was chewing on my knuckles. Um, yeah, so I, I can never recommend crocodilians. And just seeing those pictures of the dude, got his thumb ripped off. I mean, it's from the first, from it's from the knuckle, uh, not not the second knuckle, the first knuckle, like right near the tip. That it's gone, it's gone. And him and all his buddies are showing pictures of them. They're all missing goddamn pieces of finger. And I'm like, you guys clearly aren't doing something right. If you were <laughs> all very good alligator wrestlers, you'd have all your fingers. So, I don't know. Yeah, man. I think I think it's crazy. We live in this world where we're so desensitized from nature. And then you watch, like, you know, what nature's all about. They, it just doesn't give a fuck, man. It just, you know, like, I watch some things yeah. where, like, you know, lions are just, like, eating wildebeest while they're still alive and eating out their <laughs> Eating them in their it's fucking like, ah, asshole. And they're like, like, oh, yeah, my like, oh, God. Yeah. You're like, what is that? What? what? You know, it's just like, oh, man. You know? Oh, oh shit. But. Uh, uh, no, dude. I, they have these weapons, and they are so not afraid to use them. And I used to tell people, because we used to catch the croc and the gator to take him to shows, which the fact they only got bit twice for having to piss off those animals on a daily basis is a miracle. Um if you stutter and if you like go to get him and you stop, he will not. So it's like, Oh my goodness. I don't really want to grab it. He's just going to turn around and like, just bite you. Cause yeah. he won't hesitate. If you hesitate, you're, you're in trouble. So it was it's bad, dude. I mean, mm. yeah. I mean like, and then there's the other part of it where like, especially with like saltwater crocs and stuff like that, where like you can, you can argue the fact of, you know, are we on the, um, uh, yes. a Python, no, no uh, <laughs> you know, oh. food list, uh, you yeah. know, a Python, a reticulated Python could kill, you know, a, a full grown right. man. Um, but probably there's no documented cases of being able to swallow. I mean, there's, there was that one where the snake was actually trying to swallow the, 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 a man that it killed, but it couldn't get past the shoulders, you know, that whole right. thing, that picture that floats right. around all the time. Um, but no, man, with crocodilians, you are on the menu. You are on the menu. Oh, <laughs> you, <laughs> you know, you're done. I mean, we yeah. should talk to, uh, we, we, we should talk to Terry a little bit more. Cause remember he worked at that one croc farm in like Australia. And it's like, can you imagine going to work every day and knowing that there are multiple creatures that are like, yeah, I can take him. I yep. mean, like, Oh, he looks like a nice and snack. I, exactly. And like, dude, dude, I'm a big guy. So, and even then I would be like, that croc is just going to kill me. And it'll worry about 
chopping me up later. I mean, yeah. you imagine like, oh, no, dude. I mean, that's, yeah, that, that's, a, that's an animal the size of, size of a Ford Explorer going, oh, yeah, I got you. I mean, people also don't understand how large animals are until you're face-to-face with them, and you're like, shit, it, we're doomed. And it's like, you know, that's – no, dude. Yeah, when I went to the uh, yeah, when I went to the Saint Augustine uh, uh, Gator Farm, um, that was the first time that I've ever actually seen a uh, saltwater croc, an adult, and yeah. I could not get over the size of this thing, man. I'm like, I kept thinking, I'm like, Steve Irwin used to jump Irwin on these jumped things. On these things. <laughs> like, what the hell? <laughs> I kept saying to my man, wife man, over I mean, and over again, I'm like, <laughs> he jumped on these things. Like, literally just, you know, like, da-da-da-da-da, jumped there on it, it grabbed it, you know, like, <laughs> holy shit. Sometimes by himself. It's like. Yes. <laughs> and, and oh, my God. The problem is, like, how, how insane do you have to be where it's like, okay, next thing we're going to do is we're going to jump on the crocodile. Ready? Wait, what? And I mean, like, the, <laughs> kind of be like, what kind of person do you have to be to be like, you ready? It's like, no, no, yeah. that is. You, that is not the appropriate response. The appropriate response is, wait a minute, we're doing what now? I mean... <laughs> oh, my gosh. But, uh, yeah, I, I, it, it was, I, I'll have to see if I can find the video, but there's a video of where I'm taking a picture of the gator's tail, um, and I'm, like, starting at the back, and my wife goes, and she's kind of like she's looking at it, and you can see, like, her mm-hmm. reflection in the glass. And the tail is like her head fits with space on the top and bottom in between the tail. Like 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 she could lay down and be inside the tail of the saltwater crop yeah. that was there. And I'm like, Holy shit. Wow. And, that was and that was big. There are still people who are like and yet there are still people who are like, let's go swimming in this river in Australia. It's like, no, you haven't even been there. <laughs> no, yeah. We don't see any. Of no. course you don't see any. That's the whole point. <laughs> They're designed yeah. to not be seen. No. Yeah, it's crazy. Just no. I do not want to get my, what did, he, what did you call it? Getting your bones? <laughs> get your bones. I don't want to get my bones. Yeah. No. I don't no, want to get I'll my croc them. bones. Yeah, no, yeah. dude, please. God. Huh. Yeah. Well, when we do uh, get Cody on here, he actually worked at that crocodile, uh, St. Augustine. So um, uh, nice. when, when he get around, well, I'm sure he has some stories for us about uh, – and, and they have every species of crocodilian at that spot. If you ever have the chance to go, to, it's definitely – uh, should check it I, out. It's, I want to. And did they yeah, catch the uh, Indian Daryl? Yep. Yeah. That's so cool. So yeah, so it's a cool spot for sure. Um, but I think Scott Rugen just went there this past summer. So at some point, I remember yeah. seeing pictures uh, floating up from him down there. But uh, it's yeah, a cool spot. I had to go to Daytona and go there and just do it and just. Yeah, and also maybe wander around the bush with KJ. But if, yeah, if, I think he, if I, he says we're going Bigfoot hunting, I'll kill him out in the middle of the bush. <laughs> I mean, I'll, I'll yeah, murder him I, and leave him there. I think next year we definitely should make a trip down to Daytona for yeah, sure. I, I I went the year before, and I, I, I thought it was a great time. If we could throw some herping in there as well, oh, shit, come on. Yeah, man. 
That would be I'd awesome. Well, let's start Fine. planning that. I can I can do a trip to Miami or Daytona. Where are we going? Florida. Yeah, Florida. <laughs> um, okay. Well, I guess we're uh we'll wrap it up and uh um oh, I thought somebody just texted me. We'll uh <laughs> get it ready for next week. Um, like cool. I said, next week is uh I'll just run down the lineup so you guys have an idea of what's coming up. Uh, the sixth next Tuesday is Dan from DM exotics. Um, and like I said, we're going to be talking scrubs, white lips, you name it, whatever he works with. He works with Spilotes. He works with all kinds of crazy stuff. If you, if you haven't checked out his YouTube, uh, videos, um, I believe it's called, um, oh shit. Reptile adventure uh i'll put the link up on the facebook page there you it's go. definitely worth checking up um check it out because it's uh he has some really cool videos of uh of different stuff that he's found on all his trips he's always going on trips pretty wild um but he's an awesome guy very nice um you know uh i don't know it just seems like a real cool guy somebody you want to have a beer with for sure and he's freaking yeah. a monster you know <laughs> he's like He's built like he'll crush you. Um, but uh, the week after that, we got Matt Turner. Now, Matt Turner, to the Morelia people out there, um, may have heard jungle. of uh, the Turner line jungle. Um, currently, mm-hmm. Matt is more of a uh, short tail guy, uh, which will be awesome to talk to him about short tails um, and uh, what he has going on. He works with uh, some, some lines that he specifically uh, – you know, selectively bred for and, and whatnot. And, uh, he, he's usually at Tinley park. I'm pretty sure he'll be at Tinley park this year. Um, I know that, uh, he's worked with blackheads and Walmans as well, but, um, should be cool to, uh, talk to him. And since we have him, obviously we're going to talk to him about the Turner jungles. We can't like not hit on that. Not I mean, come that. on. Yeah. Come it's Morelia on. Python radio. <laughs> Jeez. Uh, <laughs> The following week, we have Joshua Ortiz, and we're going to be talking retics with Josh. Now, we met Josh at Nerd. Um, yes. When we took the trip up, uh, he was uh, he gave us the tour all around, see what's going on. Now he works up there with uh, Kevin uh, with the retics, so he's going to give us the rundown on um, retics and the projects that they're working with, and you know, set us straight on. Uh, if you want to get into retics, what you need to know uh, before taking the plunge. And then the week after that, we're joined by our good friend, Matt Minnetola from Philly Herp. Yay. Uh, Yeah. Matt's pretty much knocked it out of the park this year with all the different stuff that he's got going on. Obviously we'll be talking to him about his Ocelot Borneo project uh, Mm -hmm. and where that uh, has, has, has progressed. Um, uh, we'll probably hit on water bowls, uh, because, uh, you know, Matt is the water bowl connoisseur. Um, <laughs> if you want to have like deco water bowls, Matt's your guy, man. He'll hit you up for sure. Um, then the week after that, it's the five year anniversary show. Um, oh my God. Five years, October 4th. And then the next yeah. week is, uh, Tinley. Um, so, um, we'll probably do, 
Well, yeah, we we got a. That's the week of Tinley, and then the 18th 